Hey, this is Jody Sweeten, and you are listening to Below the Belt. Go ahead and check out Unsweetened. Otherwise, I will say, how rude. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, 2022. We are in a brand new year, and it's also the season premiere of the Loser Belt Show, guys. I'm your host, Al Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, your host with the most. Can you believe we are in the new year already, guys? 2022. We hope all our listeners had a great holiday, great Christmas, Hanukkah. And New Year's and ready to take 2022 by storm. And uh, we had to start out with an amazing A-list panel, of course. So let's go ahead and introduce, guys. That's right. He is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, Chachi McFly. I mean, it seems like we took, like, what, two weeks off and, like, every celebrity in the world died. Like, yeah, I really, it's, it's horrible. I think the only thing keeping people alive was our show. Wow, that means we have to oh, we have to go into overtime. Yeah, we, yeah, we got to like do our show like twice a week now, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you might you might, yeah, you might have sad. a point. We'll be getting to all that news later on in the show. That's right. That's right. But, but very sad. Let's go ahead and introduce guys. He is the Persian prince of pop culture. He is also the fan favorite, the single fan favorite. The one fan, yes, uh, the one fan. Uh, also known as Gen Pop. You mean known... you mean the single fan's favorite? <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? Are you single? <laughs> <laughs> maybe in another life, right? He is yeah, Mike maybe the... in another life. <laughs> he is Mike the General Zod. Hi, everybody. It's... Uh... Awesome to be here. It's uh, hooray. We're in 2022. Happy New Year's Odd. What? Happy New Year's Odd. Happy, you know, happy New Year to everyone. I trust uh, with the new year, you know, we reflect back upon, you know, everything that's happened in our lives and think of ways to improve and everything. And, you know, it's a time of it's a time of somber reflection and, uh, that's what I do. No, I really don't. It's uh, but it's awesome to be here. Okay. Yeah, twenty twenty two already sucks. I'm ready for twenty twenty three. Oh wow, yeah. already, for, already ready for twenty twenty three. I give up. Well, anyways, let's go ahead and introduce. We're, we're we're so happy to have her back. She's a the lovely Latina joining us once again, guys. She's cosplayer <laughs> extraordinaire. She is 
the one and only Ana B. Ana B, ¿cómo estás? Feliz año nuevo. Feliz año nuevo. Good to, good to have you back on BTV. I'm glad to be back. All right. I'm glad I got to hang out with you guys in person. That's right. Yeah. The BTV Christmas social was a big success. There was enough. There was enough cake for not only our crew but all our families. It seemed. Um, <laughs> a, that was a beautiful uh, cake. Yes. A shout out to sweet artist um, Baker Extraordinaire in the DMV. Um, that's Char. Um, and uh, yeah, it was great to see everybody um, at the social. And of course, um, hope everyone had a great Christmas in the panel. Uh, if you do celebrate Christmas and uh, hope uh, everyone has a great, amazing 2022. Um, Chachi, you sent me a topic, but since we're in a new year, I just wanted to kind of go around the room on anything that you want to do in 2022 it could be anything really anything you're looking forward to this year um maybe it's a resolution maybe it's something you need to work on uh maybe it's, maybe it's a goal or accomplishment general zod mm-hmm. you're, you're the wheels and gears are turning for you yeah, I'm thinking about like uh, you know if I should a- answer this sincerely or answer this like uh, you know um, kind of ironically, but I guess honestly though, I mean with this new year, I mean there's so much uncertainty going on in the world right now. I mean it it almost seems like we're back in like March or April of 2020 with uh, you yeah, know the way are Omicron and everything. So, I mean, the best hope can be that, um, you know, the the Omicron variant subsides like the way it did in Africa. And so, like, you know, our lives can get back to normal again. And it almost feels like, you know, we're on this like treadmill where we keep saying, oh, our lives are going to come back to normal. And then they kind (laughs) of do. And then they get, uh, you know, we. Yeah, it's like a it's like a psych. (laughs) <laughs> pump fake right yeah but on, but on and, a brighter note gen zod that's a great great point that you brought up but you have a you actually have a new family member don't you i do i do she's i was wondering okay right i'll get her maybe, i'll get her maybe, a during, maybe during the break you can bring bring uh the new family member to say hi yeah yeah we we had to we had to unfortunately in early december we had to say goodbye to a really beloved member of our family that was our schnauzer socrates he uh he i mean he was it was his time i mean he was uh, about to turn 15 and he could barely walk and he could um you know he had the the vets had said that he'd started showing signs of dementia like a year and a half ago <laughs> and, and so like we kept him around for as long as we could but we finally decided to do the humane thing and that was that was pretty rough that was uh that was a hard time but um we you know it's it's funny because like when a door closes like another one will start to open and yes. we We'd been on this like waiting list for for a long time, for like at least six or seven months to get another puppy. And like pretty much only a few days after we put Socrates down, we got the call that, uh, you know, we were going to get a puppy. And, and, you'll, and you'll introduce this puppy. 
when, yes. uh, uh, oh. during the break. Yes. So we'll kind of save the surprise. We can't wait to meet yeah, him yeah. or her. Well, it's a her. It's a her. Can't wait well, to I'm meet sorry, him. I'm sorry for the loss of your old puppy, though. Oh, well, thank yes. you. That's, it's always super hard. Yeah. Always super hard guys. He was a uh, he was the very first pet I ever had actually in my life, yeah. and so yeah. that was um yeah it was. And at fifteen is a long time. I mean, I saw like the you know birth of all your kids and like exactly everything. Yeah. 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 He, had, he had a good life. I'll say that, and he's been immortalized in our house in a lot of ways. So Aww. that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go on to Anna B. Anything uh, that you're looking forward to? Any goals, accomplishments, resolutions for 2022? I never do resolutions, New Year resolutions. I feel like yeah, at any moment you can reset your mind. So I always feel like whenever I'm going through something, you know, time that I want to reset, I'll do it then. I don't wait until New Year's to do that. So something I started last year was working out again. So I think I'll yes. just. All right. I love hearing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we <laughs> met you, it, it certainly looked like you were um, you were definitely doing well with that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It. <laughs> what can I say? COVID. Yeah. Uh, Tati McFly, 2022. No, yeah, I'm are, you gonna, are, are you trying to uh, mark off the last two states on your map, perhaps? Well, three states, yeah, but three I states. won't do that in a year. Hopefully, I'll get Utah this year, and I'm still going to save Alaska and Hawaii for last. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I'd never like really take just New Year's to change everything, unlike a lot of people. And you can tell that yeah. by going to the gym right now. You see that the gyms are packed, you know, yep. for the first yes. couple weeks of the year. And I'm, all, I'm already seeing it die down a little bit from, like, the first week. <laughs> a lot of people didn't make it past the first week of the year. Oh, God. So, they just wasted yeah. their money on the first month's membership, basically. Which is fine, because you're, there's pain for my membership to be lower, so I <laughs> yeah, appreciate exactly. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I wish I had something a little more clever. Um, I know that um, my parents wanted to celebrate their wedding anniversary on a cruise ship uh, in oh, August. Wow. But I really don't believe that's happening. Um, yeah. But um, you know what? Speaking of family, I'm just really happy my sister relocated back to Maryland. And um, it's just really important uh, just to get more family time in with my sister and my, my nephew, uh, who you guys know is very near dear to my heart. And uh, just looking forward to just more more consistent family time. Uh, previously, I was always going out to the West Coast, which I do enjoy and love. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I'm really, I'm really happy and uh, to have um, all the family, all our immediate families here um, in Maryland now. So, so that that's one thing I'm looking forward to. And of course, um, yeah, I mean, I, I say traveling. I mean, I alluded to traveling earlier. Um, it's very, very possible I might be taking a trip to Greece Ooh. this summer. Oh, awesome! Yes. So uh, I am looking forward to that, guys. So. How is but, that? How is that working out? Like, uh, is that? Um, uh, Daryl's planning a, a trip. Uh, our buddy Daryl. So, um, uh, it's not confirmed yet, but it's definitely somewhere I've always uh, uh, wanted to visit. And I know they have beautiful beaches, delicious yeah. food. I um, went there for my amazing nightlife. Um, and you went there for your honeymoon? 
Yeah, yeah, we were oh, there. Cool. For, we were there for like two and a half weeks. It was amazing, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot I can tell you about it if uh, if you're interested. Of course, that was a while ago. I don't know how <laughs> how much it's changed yeah. since then. Yeah, but that was, that was back when they still had the. Um, <laughs> this is back when the when the when the gods. The gladiators fighting. And the the yeah. Greek Colosseum was still up. <laughs> What's that? When they still had the Temple of Zeus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a zinger for Anna B. <laughs> yeah, we're saying General Gold is what we're saying. Anna yeah. B. Wow, I love it. Um, yeah, I was walking through the Agora and like Dionysus was there. And, <laughs> you know, it was, uh... I mean, I wish I could go to that time. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the hot topic of the week. Um, this one submitted from Chacha McFly. Uh, the best and worst snow day you've ever experienced. You can go all the way back as when you were a kid or uh, growing up, or even something a little more recent as an adult. Basically, just like what you like, like and dislike about snow days. Yeah, and maybe yeah. maybe if it's not to be like a one day, yeah. Right, right. Well, since it's your topic, Chachi, would love for you to start. All right, all right. Um, well, first of all, we had a bunch of snow here recently, and the Maryland. Um, D.C., Virginia, um, I don't know about West Virginia area uh, <laughs> around here, but it's it was always like, super exciting when you were a kid when you got snow. But now when you're an adult and you have to still go to work and everything, it's not that exciting. It's not like you really do anything special when it snows and not like you like go sledding anymore. So the um, novelty kind of wore off. But when you were a kid, it was super exciting. But the one thing I always hated was um, finding out if school was closed for a snow day because now i'm sure they just send out like a text message to your phone and it's super simple you know right away if school is closed but back in the old days you had to watch the news to see if your school was closed <laughs> you know? and like you know at, at first it was just like the news broadcast would, would talk about it and they would run down all the schools that were closed and then they kind of upgraded a little bit by having the ticker on the bottom but you know i went to school in carroll county so i always had to wait you know and like for some reason like Caroline County, which is also in Maryland, was always closed. I would see the first part of Carroll, and I think it was my school, but then it was fucking Caroline County, which always pissed <laughs> off. So it was always super stressful because that meant everything. If your school was closed, you know, the homework you didn't do the night before, you know, was on the line. You know, the test you had to do that day was yeah. revving up. So you could either have one of the best days of your life, or you could have a, a miserable, horrible day by still going to school. So it was a lot riding on it, you know. It's like, kind of like watching, watching, um, like a horse race or whatever, if you have money on the, you know, or, or watching a, a sporting game, um, if you have money on the event, like a football or something. So it was super stressful. But then if it was off, that's the best part about it, because you would go outside um, to see where all your friends were, you know, if everybody was sledding on the one hill that y'all went sledding on. It was like, it was like, it was like Christmas and like July 4th, and it's all these holidays, it's mixed into one random like bonus day. That so was super amazing back then. <laughs> That's awesome, Josh. Good. I I tend to not um remember much uh, from my uh, childhood from all the partying I've done over the years. Nonetheless, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's move on as I try to recall something. To pushing pushing out, pushing out some great trauma from your yeah, past. Yeah, that seventeen seventeen twenty two where I took a lot of memories from you. Didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Jen Zod, do you have a, a particular favorite and worst snow memory? 
All right. I mean, I got a I got a second a lot of what uh, about a lot of what Chachi, Chachi said, where like when you're a kid, you know, snowing snow days are awesome. They're like the absolute best. I mean, one of the things I remember was we had a we had a huge blizzard one year and I, I think it was in like sixth grade, maybe. Yeah, I think it was in sixth grade. And um, my uh, my room in my parents old house back then, I actually was up in the attic. Yeah, they they let me out of the attic sometimes, but they. Uh, <laughs> but I was up in the attic, and um, you know they had these like dormer type windows where like you know you could just like go out from the windows directly onto the roof. So one of the things I used to love to do there was this one time, and I was on you know that's like the second second story of a house. I mean we had kind of a modest house, but it was like uh, we were on the second story. And there was enough snow on the ground. It was a blizzard. So there must have been at least a couple of feet of snow on the ground. And I jumped off the roof into a snowbank. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was like, uh, I remember I was with a friend and, you know, I'm not usually like a big daredevil type, but I don't know what possessed me. I was like, I can do this. And I did. <laughs> and, and I didn't get hurt. And uh, and that's still like, you know, one of the one of the best things I ever like remember doing. And uh, I remember like uh, like the next year we had a not as not as much snow. So I didn't jump off of the roof. This time around, I just jumped off of our deck and I almost broke my leg. So <laughs> it kind of kind of went both ways. Oh, wow. So, so when you're a kid, the kind of, you know, pain and stuff you can take and still be fine and walk it yeah. off. You know, where right now, mm-hmm. if you like to sleep the wrong way, your back can be fucked up for a week. You know, exactly. so it's like. So you're jumping off, you're jumping off a two-story roof, and you're fine, you know, into the snow. Super it's Zod, crazy. you're you are General Zod indeed. <laughs> On your Kryptonian. Uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately it didn't. I I didn't fly, but I guess I was like uh, 1930s era Superman before he before they decided he could fly. Where he oh just nice, fly. Yeah. okay. <laughs> so, See, I didn't even know that. I, I thought Superman always knew how to fly. So thank. No, you. no, they they introduced the flying with Superman in like the 50s. Oh, nice. oh wow, really? And I know wow. I did even I know I did even snowed in Persia, so I'm pretty excited to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean cool. Iran? <laughs> is that Iran? Well, Persia's back in. <laughs> I know, I know what it is. Back in the when it was cool. Um, Anna B, particular favorite or worst snow memory? I think like my I think the the best I think is more recent. I guess you know like the snow and um. Doing your for- cosplay. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing is now I can't call off work um, whenever it snows because it's like I can't be like, well, I'm working remote. So, you know, <laughs> but um, when I was younger, when I was growing up in Texas, um, they always said it would snow and over there it never really snowed. So I always grew up with like waking up in the morning all disappointed when I saw outside and there was like absolutely no snow. So we never got to experience when we were younger, uh, you know, the whole like snow in the morning. But then when I moved back to Maryland, that's where I got the snow. And that's why I appreciate the snow now. <laughs> all right. Aww. A little too much. <laughs> you know, it's interesting with all of us working from home. We don't get that snow day from work anymore. We're are still yeah. working. But we still uh, have even... to shovel. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing. Yes. 
Um, you know what, man? I, I guess, guess you know, back snow snowball fighting has always been one of my, no, my no, favorite. This is the snow from the from the sky, not the kind of snow you did at the clubs that make you forget, <laughs> make you forget. <laughs> all the stuff from your stop, snow days as a kid. Stop. All right, all right. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, of course. Come on yeah. now. Um, again, this is this is all in the past, but uh, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, the, one of my favorite things was absolutely snowball fighting, and uh, my I remember um, as a kid, uh, we uh, we'd always have snowball battles uh, between me and my sister and the two kids across the street, and uh, you know it got kind of heated sometimes, you know, uh, throwing the snowballs. Um, these are the same kids that used to interfere in our backyard wrestling matches when we were kids and like come in and pretend to, 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 to do a run in, you know, as kids, <laughs> they would do the same thing with the snowball fights. Isn't that, isn't just... that kind of, doesn't that kind of add to it though? Like, isn't that what you want <laughs> <laughs> for the wrestling? Yes. Uh, yeah. but, then... <laughs> but those, those, uh, those snowball fights were, uh, were pretty memorable, but then, you know, interestingly enough. For click on this, our sister show, we did a um, Sundance Film Festival, and of course in Utah, it's covered in snow. Elena thought it would be fun for us to do a snowball battle as adults. You know, it's like, how often do you get to see this? And our videographer captured the entire snowball battle, all grown adults, um, you know, working on click on this uh, here at the Sundance Film Festival at our condo, just for something, uh, just for something fun as b-roll for for our footage and coverage so i thought that was really really clever so um that's a lot of fun and um you know what man it would be good to hit the slopes again man i mean um you know btb's friend johnny alonzo is quite the professional almost professional snowboarder i remember when he took me for probably one of my first time snowboarding and uh you know i could do this you know the first hill with him whatever and then they would go on and like, are you coming? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I stuck I stuck on the first, first slope the entire time, went back and repeated over and over again because I was a little too intimidated for anything a little more daring. So, um, and uh, so, hey, man, you know, it's it's the, the, the things that we think about <clears throat> during the snow season. And uh, yeah, slopes is definitely one of the funnest, funnest things to do uh, during the snow. And uh, of course, we're talking about snow yeah. from the sky. Yeah. yeah. Johnny hits <laughs> a lot of slopes. Yeah. <laughs> That's he's right, a, Johnny. He's a good he's a good snowboarder. He is. He's a That's great why, snowboarder. All right. <laughs> That's why he That's why he played a surfer on um Outer Banks. <laughs> he played Psycho Surfer, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the All right. So guys, we're doing um B2B presents everything going on in the world of Hollywood, top 20 style. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. All right. Woohoo. All right. Let's, let's see. Let's, 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 let's see how things go, man. Right. You know, this is going to be a lot of hey, fun. We're going to try right. it out. We're going to try it out. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Can't make any promises. <clears throat> so with this format, we always do the um, the box office. We always do rest in pieces. We always do birthdays. Those won't be included because that's something that we do every week. So that being said, 
boom, boom, boom. Let's do this, guys. All right. So at the box office, can you believe Spider-Man No Way Home is still the number one movie uh, in the U.S.? I mean, it's been a minute since it's been in the theaters. Thing is, is that Spider-Man has not had any competition. You know, I mean, you gotta. I mean, it has, but. <laughs> well, you know, it has, it has, but like, not nothing to unseat it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think the Matrix was definitely like a big contender. It just fell flat. It fell flat, not only because of critics' reviews, but also because it was on HBO Max. Right. And yes, I did check out the Matrix, and yeah, it. Failed to impress. Um, in all I saw honesty. the first third of it so far. I've been planning on going back and seeing. Yeah. It. Well, you seen one third too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, it still pulled an amazing 33 million over the past weekend. So that's not, you know, of course the total um, total is, um, I, I think, close to a, a billion already, right? Um, it's up there. Right. So. Um, so Spider-Man's still uh, in the number one spot. Um, and second place was Universal's Sing 2. All right. So um, only 12 whatever, years whatever that is. over the weekend. Is that a cartoon? Yeah. Sing 2, well, yeah. it features the voices of Reese Witherspoon, Matthew McConaughey, and Bono. Bono. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, the first Sing was, I mean, it was a fun little animated movie to take. Uh, <laughs> take the kids to and um it's got it's, it's got some cool music in it which is which is fun <laughs> bono, does bono actually sing in the movie i haven't seen sing too okay. so i don't know i mean was he in the first one no he wasn't in the okay. first one they had okay. um they have some some famous singer who plays the main character like who's this like gorilla um i mean I, I imagine if they booked bono for this gig you gotta make the motherfuckers sing. You gotta, I make, mean, sing, right? yeah. you gotta make the guys sing, you know? I think it's sing. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think it's like Carrie Underwood in Cobra Kai without singing, you know? It like doesn't make any sense, you know? Of course yeah. you have to sing, right? Um uh let's see, number three is the three fifty five, which stars Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyongo, Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger. What uh, is that? Well, um, basically, it's a group of international agents who band together to battle a common villain. Oh, I did. Yeah, I it's saw like an all-female um, agents, a group of agents. Especially the villain's the man. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of makes sense. It's like very Charlie's Angels, right? Yeah. Except yeah. for there's like 18 of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's Angels only had three, I believe. <laughs> uh the king's man in fourth place with 3.3 million um i never got into kingsman movies but that's rough uh fines um yeah, they're okay you know like yeah you like them well i mean usually january is where they dump all the shit you know um ah year, that's you know? what they do yeah because it's normally cold people don't want to leave their house like it's, it's not, you usually don't see big blockbusters in january but you know we are getting the new Scream movie um, this weekend, so that might do very well. That's true. That's a very good point. And, and Zod, you got a, you got somebody to introduce. Yeah, I do. This oh. is Juno. 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 Hello, Juno. Hello. You're <laughs> oh, very yeah. adorable. And yeah, she is. Uh, 
the weird thing is she is so soft like i'm not used to a dog <laughs> being this soft so it's kind of oh, like wow. it's kind of like uh when you uh back in the day you go to a rave and they'd have that like one room with a um with yeah. like fur on the walls <laughs> that's yeah. what she kind of feels like hey, all you yeah, motherfuckers a lost love- a lot of brain cells didn't you yeah <laughs> <God. laughs> rubbing walls <laughs> Well, there were other reasons to do that, too. But it was... <laughs> Very adorable, Zod. Yes. Uh, rounding up the top five was American Underdog. Speaking of dog. There you go. That's the Kurt Warner uh, biopic. Uh, 2.4 million. Um, That's so wild. There, There's so many of these movies that I remembered reading about and being like, oh, they sound interesting whenever they come out. And then I don't realize that they actually come out. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Number one yeah. on the list, guys. Number yeah, one. Yeah, I saw the movie. I saw the movie Licorice Pizza. I thought it was really well, really good. Like more like a smaller budget movie. Yeah, that's but it uh, had like. Yeah, it's like really kind of like one of those quirky type of movies. Had um, like Sean Penn playing a really like funny quirky character. It had um, it had um, actually Leonardo DiCaprio's father like um, played a role in the movie. I oh think it was wow! One of his first roles. I've never was heard pretty cool. he, he acted. Yeah, that's a role, Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson, right? He's yeah. the guy who did Boogie Nights and like all those other movies. He's the one who did that, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be up for like a lot of different awards. Like, um, well, really. we will actually get into that because you're yes, right. Josh. It was nominated. Am I right? Cool. Award? Yes, it was okay, nominated. Good. But we'll get into that um, in the awards category later. Um, all right, let's start this list, guys. Woohoo! All right, all right, number twenty. Twenty. Yeah, number twenty. Yes. Galgadot's Cleopatra. The remake is moving ahead without Patty Jenkins. I mean. This is like the dream team. Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot. They've worked together for Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman yeah. 1984. Um, and it made sense for her. It made sense for, well, based on 1984, it wasn't with Black yeah. Luster. But uh, Patty um, uh, and Gal have worked together in these two previous Wonder Woman movie. But for whatever reason, um, she's not moving forward with Cleopatra. And who will be directing this big movie? Will be none other than uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldiers, Carrie Scogland. Yes, from Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, will now be um, directed this film. Um, of course, we talked about it earlier that there was a little bit of controversy. Some people's up in arms about casting Gal, who is Israeli, to play an Egyptian queen. But the thing was, if you did your history check, you would know that Cleopatra is Greek. Um, So, you know, I mean, I think they're just really frivolously crying over it. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal, guys. Come on now. Um, And, of course, you have to go on the bankability of um, Gal. I mean, she... Is very bankable. Let's, I mean, look at Red Notice, look at Wonder Woman, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, how many Greek actresses are there? <laughs> well, I'm sure there's quite a few, uh, but. Can uh, name one? I'm trying to think of one. Maria Menounos, but she's not an actress. She's an entertainment reporter. I might watch her in this movie. I think she would be fantastic. Yeah, let's cast yeah. her. Yeah. Right, let's go. I mean, uh, I mean I'm, first of all, so Gal. 
talked about the outrage. She basically said, first of all, if you want to be true to the facts, Cleopatra was Macedonian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we were looking for a Macedonian actress that could fit, fit Cleopatra. She wasn't there. And I was very passionate about Cleopatra. All right. Yeah, well, hasn't Macedonia been gone for like 8,000 years? <laughs> it's going to be kind of hard that, to find. That's, that, that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go, All right. Do some research, no. Alan. You're in Greece. Um, I will. Summer. I will. Gosh, yes. All right. Number 19 is a big one, 19, guys. 19, yes. It's the book of Boba Fett. Uh, we're oh, just going to cool. talk about the first three episodes. They were pure joy. I do have a little gripe about the third episode, but we'll get into it. Let's talk about it, guys. Um, I love I love how it feels very true to Star Wars, guys. Everything from the costuming to the familiar aliens that we loved and hated um, to the, the humor that we saw in The Mandalorian that carries through the Book of Boba Fett. Um, the special effects, the fight sequences, the story has a lot of heart. Right, guys? Um, now, this is a little different because now Boba Fett is the protagonist. And I'm not really used to him being such a nice guy. He, he is kind of a good guy in this. So you got to admit, this is a, a different kind of Boba Fett that we're used to seeing. But I love it. I really, really love it. Um, it, it was really nice. And uh, another very interesting thing that we should note is that the Tusken Raiders, the Sand People, which I think they're going to refer to as Tusken Raiders because Sand People is maybe not the most politically correct um, term to call these aliens. But, don't wanna, um, don't want to offend the um, Tuscan Raiders. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I love... Some of my best friends are Tuscan Raiders before, you know, it's been going on record, you know, I, I love the, there you go. the Tuscan there you Raider go. people. Right. I got to say that, you know, like, <laughs> I once dated a Tuscan Raider um, woman. You know, it was short-lived. Yeah, but, she, did you have to unwrap her? Unwrap um, her? She, well, we get that far, you know, she was really, uh, like, Kind of prudish. Have they ever shown? Have they ever shown a Tuscan Raider's face? Not in live action, but they have in um, the uh, I believe the Clone Wars of Rebels. They have uh, have unmasked a Tuscan Raider. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the thing about the Tuscan Raiders. What did they? Reacts, what did they look like? Did they look human? They're humanoid. They're mm. kind of like have sunken jaws and very prunish skin. Oh, okay. From what I recall, yeah. It sounds hot. <laughs> but the thing about the Tusken Raiders, we always we always knew them as monsters. I hated the Tusken Raiders. Not only, I mean, you know, they're kind of annoying in the original trilogy, but in Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, when those Tusken Raiders took in Shmi Skywalker, tied her up, when Anakin just went full on Nazi and executed all those goddamn. Oh my God! They, you know they killed his mo- they killed his mother. They killed his yeah. mother. It was yeah. justified. I was like, yes, yes, yes. You know, I felt the rage. You know, and uh, yeah. you know, I always he killed them all. Them. He killed them all, like the women, he the children, them all, the women, children. Yeah. But I, you know what, guys, I, I really, um, wow, we actually have our guest a little earlier than I thought. I thought he was That's joining right. us. Owen, Hello. how are you? Um, it, Hi. It was, uh, uh, the time was set for seven. Are you West Coast, East Coast, Central? Where are East you? Coast. Ah, okay. That's why. Okay, because we said 7:45 LA time. Um, but that's okay. It might be close to your bedtime. We can just. Uh, oh. We can just. We we can just uh, have you on now. No, this guy parties. Come on. This guy parties. <laughs> yeah, he's up all night. <laughs> 
All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, introduce guys. On Below the Belt show, guys, he's one of the young actors from Cobra Kai, our favorite show on Netflix. Heck, maybe one of our favorite shows of all time. Um, and uh, he he portrays Bert. Uh, and uh, we're happy to have Owen Morgan on Below the Belt show. Owen, good to have you. Hey. Yes. I, we, we First of all, I think all of us here collectively have seen... Um, all four. four seasons of, I don't know if just General Zod you're caught up, but at least three of, at least three of the four of us are, are completely finished. Cobra I'm Kai. Halfway, I'm halfway through season four. So. Okay, very nice. There you go. There you go. So we'll, we'll if it's okay, we'll we we we'd love to talk about the entire season since it's been out for a little while. But uh, were you like us, Owen? Were you spending your New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh, binging on Cobra Kai? Uh, I actually wasn't. I was in Mexico. <laughs> Oh, nice. Uh, okay. I did spend New Year's Day doing that, though. Okay, well, New Year's Day, that, that's fair enough. Very nice. You have now, to Mexico, the... Mexico, I think somebody's going to Mexico, like, in the series. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe one, one Miguel and um, Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that was... Uh... confirm or deny. Yeah. But, you, <laughs> but, but you know they hey they make they make Atlanta look like Los Angeles. So I think that's pretty clever, right? So Atlanta can really be anywhere, right, Owen? Oh yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> they, filmed, they filmed some Okanagua scenes in Atlanta too, where the shopping center was. I heard. Yeah. yeah so that Atlanta gets around. It's like the whole world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Owen, uh, tell us about your journey on Cobra Kai. Um, tell us about the casting process. Um, and I'm reading here that you're a legit uh, karate um, expert. You, you have a black belt in karate, yes. which I'm wondering, did that factor in your casting for, for the show? It, it kind of did. Um, so at the time, I had been doing karate for a while. Um, I didn't exactly audition at first. I signed up to be a background character. Um, oh, wow. And we just knew oh. it was a karate-related TV show, so we thought it'd be fun. And... Uh, I mean, just after a couple of weeks of being on the show, they asked me if I wanted to audition. And so I, I, I did that, expecting to get absolutely nowhere with it because I had never acted a day in my life. Wow. And somehow I got it. That's awesome. I, I think that's amazing because your your character has been an integral part of all four seasons. Yeah. Uh, your first acting role. Um, are you are you loving are you loving uh, being an actor? Absolutely. I I, I love it so much. It's just it's 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 such an amazing experience. I love it. That's so so awesome to hear. Well, tell us a little bit about um, once you got cast for the role. Did you um, kind of do your due diligence uh, homework, so to speak? Did you watch the original Karate Kids, or did you kind of just showed up on set and did your thing and just kind of learned as you went went through it? After season one, I watched all the Karate Kid movies. Oh, nice. Okay, that so, was your first time seeing them. I think I had seen the first one a long time beforehand, but I didn't really okay. know it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I did all my all my homework after season one. That oh, was cool. funny seeing seeing all the um, older cast like so young in those original movies. Yeah. Now that you are you know friends with them, work with them, all that stuff. Yeah, it's 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 it is weird sometimes, but it's it's pretty funny. But really, all three of them have, have aged so well. Like Ralph Macchio, yeah, they really um, have. Billy Zavka, um, 
Marty Cove, like all that. Marty, look, yeah. Look great, you know, from you watched the original Karate Kids and to now. Yeah. So you're um you're in good company then, you know. Absolutely. Maybe in like 60 years you'll be like you know still young looking. You know. <laughs> I, th- I think it's really the fountain of youth, that entire uh, cast. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's oh, pretty, pretty What's so cool is you watch those original movies, and this Cobra Kai series this really builds up so much background to the original movies. It actually makes the original movies even better, because now you know, like, all right, Johnny is, you know, being, like, this way in the first movie, but now you see why he was that way, you know? Right. You see right. how he was trained. You saw how his stepdad treated him in these episodes, the late, great Ed Asner. Um did you yeah. have to meet Ed Asner on the set at all? No, I didn't. Okay. But, like, it's just, um, you know, and even, like, you know, for this season, it was really big for um, Credit Kid Part um, 3, where they brought back Terry Silver, and you really get to see a lot of the background of Terry Silver in this episode yeah. and and really find out, you know, why he is the way he is in the last couple of seasons. Um, but I think, I think it's definitely one of my favorite shows, just the way they... Um, the creators are such fans of the original movies and just really like take their time and uh, respect the original movies and respect the characters. So I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah, no, I think they do a fantastic job with that. Now, are you the only legit black belt in the cast? I doubt it. Okay. There's probably <laughs> at least a couple others. Okay, cool. Cool. So I was wondering if you possibly even showed your moves to some of the cast. No, no, no. They get they get taught by much more qualified people than me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Was there anything that you brought from your training to set, from your um your karate training prior to to uh, your character? Yeah, it definitely makes most of the choreography a lot easier. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, because they'll they'll be trying to teach me moves that they think I've never learned before, but I'll just be like, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and it's like, did it with yeah, ease? Just goes by quickly. <laughs> I love it. One of my most memorable fight scenes with you is uh, uh, the big house, the, the LaRusso house uh, yes, fight. Yes. was yeah. uh, uh, one of my most memorable scenes, and I believe your character went actually through a window. Yes. Um, now, I know a lot of the cast have done their own stunts. Curious if that was you, or uh, you know, did they have someone no, else? No, no, that wasn't me. I wish it was. <laughs> okay. I wanted to. They wouldn't let me. They would have let you. Okay. So, so who's doing your stunts? Is it the same um, guy each time? No, it's it's usually different people. Okay. Most of the okay. Time. Wow, not, that is so not cool. like some fifty-six year old man, is it? Like in a wig or something? <laughs> no, it's it's usually girls. It's girls, really? <laughs> I was gonna say if it's actually girls who are doing it because I've heard about that. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Are any of them kind of hot? Like, you kind of hit on them. You're like, you know, like, like you and me that were kind of like the same. I have you're not. Like, no, no. <laughs> well, Owen, you were actually uh, instrumental in bringing, bringing in uh, one of the new cast members, oh, yeah. uh, Devin. Yes. Um, and uh, how did you like working with her? She's, she's fantastic. She's, she's really great. She fits right in despite being really new. And I think she was a fan of the show beforehand, but she did not show it. I mean, it was... It, it, yeah, she just she worked really well with everyone. She's she's really nice and she's a great great actor too. Oh, so you guys are roughly the same age. Uh, I think she's about a year younger than me. Okay. There you go. Very nice. Wow, that's perfect. <laughs> and then also, <laughs> I know I play a matchmaker, but uh, Nathaniel O is actually um, 
a good friend of yours, yours from what I'm reading, you guys actually knew each other prior to Cobra Kai? No. That's not true. Oh, we met well, each other on Cobra Kai. This okay. Wikipedia is incorrect. Oh my god. Damn it. If you can't believe that, <laughs> what can you believe? They said you were real life fr- it says you were real life friends. Well, prior we are. To- not I'm sure. I'm sure now you guys have become real life friends because I love yeah. because you you were friends in the show, then you were rivals on the show, and then yep. you you had a truce and uh, and you guys are buddies again. So that that's always good to see. Yeah, it's great to work with you always. Yeah, very nice. And I see a lot of like face turns and heel turns. You know, the good guys, yeah. the bad guy, good guys. What do you pr- pr- prefer portraying, the good guy or the bad guy? I don't know. Um, getting to play the bad guy is so fun all the time. I don't know. I I guess there's something slightly more appealing about that to me. Getting getting to be uh just one of, one of the bad guys. I don't know. It's it's fun. It's I think I I find yeah. it more fun than 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 yeah. being one of the good guys all the time. Yeah, and it's interesting because in this season you were kind of bullying uh Kenny yes. right a little bit because he was a Cobra Kai and of course. We always thought the Cobra Kai's were now the antagonists. Now that Johnny and uh, Daniel Larusso are, are you know, on the Miyagi Do Eagle Fang side, um, but now we're kind of looking at Kenny as the protagonist. You guys as the antagonist in the, in this case. So I just think it's just amazing how they just can go from um, going where the audience wants to root for um, in every case. You know, yeah, like they're very the writers are very good about doing that. They so. really are. Yes. So, yeah. so if you had your choice, you would be um, under like um, Terry Silver's Cobra Kai, or would you be in Eagle Fang or Miyagi Do? I don't know. I, there's something I really like about being an Eagle Fang. Yeah. <laughs> there's just something unique about it. I don't know. Yeah, Johnny definitely has an edge to him, you know. Yeah. Compared to uh, Miyagi Do. Would not- you do you walk over hot coals like they had Danny, Danny do? Maybe. <laughs> I think it, I think that would have been cool. You know, one of my favorite scenes with you was um, when um, Sensei Kreese um, had the mouse that you named um, yes. Clarence. Yes, and the Clarence like, scene. That's one of my favorite. And then he wanted you to feed it to the um, cobra. Like, how was that scene? That was really fun. I think at the time that was the most amount of acting I'd ever had to do in a scene. Oh. So that was that was really fun. And it was it was great getting to work with Martin Cove too because he has he has such a convincing performance about him on set. I I don't know it was just, it was just so much fun. Oh yeah, and just the way he was acting, like super nice to you with the uh, mouse, and then like was giving you like a pet. You know, you're like this is not going to end good. Just right. knowing how his character is. How's he um, behind the scenes working with him? He's so nice. He he's yeah. yeah he's 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 fantastic and he's he's really easy to work with. <laughs> So he's kind of like the opposite of his character. Yes, very yeah, much. We we've interviewed him here before, and he's just a super nice guy in real life. It's, oh, isn't it great? It's hard yeah. to believe that he can do this, you know, evil character so well. Just knowing like such a nice guy that he is. Yeah, really. Definitely a testament yeah. to the acting for sure. I, I oh, think yeah. what's so cool about Cobra Kai, and we always talk <clears throat> about the um, young cast because, like, um, anytime you. <clears throat> You're bringing back a um, series, you know, and people want to see the originals, and we got the originals, but they did such a great job of building up this young cast that you actually root for them, and you start, you know, getting on their side, or, you know, ready against them. I mean, it's just so great. And, like, they keep bringing back all these old, um, all these characters from Cobra Kai from different seasons. Like, you'll see, like, Aisha gone 
for like a season or two and then all of a sudden she's back and you're seeing what's going yep. on with her and then you know the same with um stingray you know i don't think he was in last season was he but then he comes back yeah. and like, that's right um, you know so they're, they're bringing back these um characters and they're establishing them and like you know fleshing them out even further and like, you never know who you're going to see in what season so i think it's such a super cool thing about cobra kai that i love is like yeah this universe is just getting so big and there's so many and plus and you get new characters all the time that they build up so it's just super cool it really is yeah. well speaking of stingray you had a nice little scene with stingray at the I prom did. yes I yes did. yeah let's talk about that scene how, how did you like working with paul walter hauser in that Paul, he is amazing to work with. I I always love getting to be part of scenes with him because he's so yeah. funny. He's so nice yeah. and he's so funny and he's he's just he's so good. <laughs> Until he'll like improv his lines half the time, and so oh, cool. he, you never know what to expect when you're doing a scene with him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I I absolutely loved getting the opportunity to do that with him. That is so cool. Yeah, it was a really interesting. Uh, scene where uh basically what happens is that stingray approaches you asks how he can join cobra kai you said that you're no longer a cobra kai yeah stingray looks really puzzled he then asks uh, his that if the prom after party got canceled and you said <laughs> yeah and then you know and then i got Sting- it set up yeah yeah you got the party set up i like mm-hmm. that yeah. i don't think stingray ever found out that you guys were all part of um eagle fang you know i, think yeah, I don't know if he did of- I think it kind of alluded him. He thought that you guys just kind of quit. The way you worded it, it sounded like he kind of quit karate. You see, you're not in Cobra Kai yeah. anymore. But he could have easily joined um, Eagle Fang and saved himself a lot of shit that <laughs> he had to go through yeah. that you saw in the finale. But very funny. It was very funny. <laughs> um, speaking of crazy um, scenes, what about jumping from building to building? I was just shocked that that was even a, a challenge. Um, the fact that Mary Mouser accomplished it, Samantha, was oh, amazing. Yeah. But uh, I don't recall if you were in that scene, Bert, if you I can was remind not. me. Okay. I, I can imagine how trepidatious that would be, uh, even as actors, even as an actor, just right. just knowing that your character would have to jump from another building <laughs> would just, just be Yeah, I wish I could have done that. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I looked like it was fun. <laughs> so you've done four seasons of this show is there any particular uh, moments that resonated with you or stick out as one of your favorite moments on set i don't i don't know um i think every season i tend to enjoy my scenes more they all they all they always kind of stick out more and more every time a season goes by so i mean yeah. my scenes during season four are definitely the most fresh in my mind and I think I enjoyed those the most, like doing my scene with Stingray, doing my scene in the All Valley, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the All Valley, the tournament just seemed like uh, so much fun to shoot. Seems like that was probably some of the longer days on set. Would, would, yeah. would that be a, a good guess, just based on the, the, the scale? We spent of, a while on that set. Yeah, I can imagine so. Wow. Now, picking your personal... Well, not, since you are black belt in karate, um, have you participated in any tournaments like that? Were they were they similar, and how did you fare in in the real tournaments? I I think I did a small tournament once. I don't yeah? think I did great. Okay. <laughs> this was before I was a black belt. Okay. But um, I think I I think we did like some sparring matches and stuff. I don't I don't remember how I did. It was a, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Okay. And how did Bert do in the All Valley tournament this season? I mean, I thought he did a lot better than season one. 
Yeah. He made progress. <laughs> yeah, that was a quick match in season one. Yeah, at least you got a point. Right. There you go. Yeah, there you go. You gotta, you gotta love the uh, the journey that Bert has had from uh, <laughs> this season to the next. So he's definitely grown a lot. I love it. Are there any of uh, particular storylines or actors that you haven't worked with in the cast that you would love to work with more in upcoming seasons? Well, uh, there's definitely plenty of like I haven't been to Cobra Kai in a couple seasons, right? So not, well, not oh. since season three. So uh, there have been plenty of fresh faces there now that I haven't gotten to work with. Okay. So I'd love to get to work with them more. All right. I love that. I love hearing that. Um, I hear season five is in the can already. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I love the ambiguity of yes, you know. I've heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> Can't confirm or deny, but yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's amazing because supposedly they wrapped season five already but they just green greenlit season five but we already knew obviously it was going to happen um yeah i wish some um, stranger things had your same um, work ethic yeah pumping out seasons because i'm waiting like three years for their next for season. season four yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but how has your life um changed um you know being on cobra kai and especially since um cobra kai moved to netflix yeah um well i i'd say cobra kai really helped me figure out what i wanted to do with just the rest of my life in general, because oh, I never awesome. really like considered acting as an option. Wow. But okay. being on this show has really convinced me that that's this is something I want to keep doing for a long, long time. And the move to Netflix, I mean, it's it's so crazy how many people know this show now and how many people have seen my face. Yes. It's it's just it's crazy. I don't know. Do you find and, you yourself know. being the more popular kid now? Um, maybe friends. From a while back, reaching out, sliding in your DMs and stuff. Uh, yeah. I've had that happen a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any any girls giving you like marriage proposals or anything? No, not, not yet. Or, like, see. Not yet. <laughs> so, so still single, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the girls are looking different, uh, looking at you differently than they did prior. Right. <laughs> It's, fair, fair it's so amazing. Cause we've we've been on this show. We've been championing the Cobra Kai from the beginning. Um, since you were on YouTube Red, and like we interviewed a bunch of the cast, you know, from season one back then too. But it's just amazing now that you're on Netflix the last couple of seasons. Like, you know, this how much like, people are talking about it now. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, where where were you guys like four years ago? And we were like saying you got to watch it on YouTube Red. And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't they're have. Like, oh, Red. I don't want to get YouTube Red. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, it's free. It's free for a month. Um, subscription. Yeah, just binge it all in a month. Yeah, right, exactly. And Netflix, everybody has Netflix, so there's no complaining there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a global phenomenon now. You ever watch uh, Cobra Kai in a different language? Because Anna B actually sat through it in Spanish with your mom, right? Right, Anna? Yeah, I, I watched it in Spanish. Rewatched it in Spanish. Okay, yeah. I haven't done that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice so like, who does, who does Owen's voice in Spanish? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a try sometime you know? and see... see. <laughs> See what uh see what I sound like in different languages. <laughs> really like deep voice. And actresses. Yeah, right. On Spanish, like they get actors and actresses that, you know, they they speak the language, so then they it actually sounds really good dub too in Spanish. At least that's what I think. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's it wasn't like it wasn't like Cheech Marin or anybody, was it? No. <laughs> it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> I'd watch. I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> she's marrying doing Owen's voice in Cobra Kai yeah. so Owen how does, how does school work with uh, being on set 
Uh, well, when you're on set, uh, when you're a minor, you have to do school for like at yeah. least an hour to three hours a day, I think. Um, so sometimes if it comes down to it, sometimes you'll be taken out of scenes if you don't have, if you're not like super important to it so that you can get some school done, but usually it doesn't come to that. Ah. So, I mean, yeah, you, you usually don't spend too much time doing schoolwork there. It's mostly just spent on set. You gotta love that though. You get to work on Cobra Kai, and then your school hours are shorter. It's like yeah. it's like having it's like having a it's shorter a win -win. work day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, right? So and if it, you, so Orwin, if Zod, you yeah, General Zod, please go ahead. Have you developed more of a like love for all the '80s references, or are you like, uh, that's enough of that? <laughs> like, no, I I I love all the '80s references. I don't get half of them. But well, I like, still, Harry, I still I think, love ones I, I do get. Character where you had a uh, like when they when they uh, when when everybody in Miyagi Do meets Terry Silver, and I think it was your character. It and might I mentioned Highlander. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, right. there's no way on earth he even knew Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard of it. <laughs> I knew of it. <laughs> I had not seen it though. Yeah. Okay. Did it make I you want to watch that it? Was, that was a fun I'm, one. I'm, considering watching it at some point yeah yeah it's a very fun movie you really should it's a um but yeah that was that was funny to see that's why I, like when i knew you were on i had to ask you that question yeah. about under <laughs> well, any it. of the um any of the older cast um you know, took you to the side tried to like mentor you or give you pointers in acting or karate or anything uh let's see not i think in season one, I got some, uh, I think me and a few other people got, were getting like, uh, acting tips from, uh, William Zabka. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, great. I don't remember, I don't think I've gotten much of that since then, but it, it really did help me out. Are you probably the closest to him out of the OGs on the show? Yeah. In real life? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I bet the, the rap parties are a lot of fun. You the ones we've rap? been allowed to have, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, of COVID. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. Wow. Well, I, I did want to ask uh, Owen, um, since you're now, um, you said you want to do acting. What other, um, what other roles would you love to be a part of? A particular fandoms, franchises, any type of genres or shows, movies, films, anything you could think of that you would also love to do acting wise. Yeah. I mean, anything. Uh, in like the action department, I'd love to be part of. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean most action movies, like because those are huge right now, and I love watching them. And I, I always kind of imagine myself, what would it be like if I was in one of those? And I'd love to be a part of one of those kinds of things. Yeah, and you could showcase your karate skills. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And you definitely have done that as your character, Bert. You've definitely showcased the karate. Oh yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we had Jacob on, Jacob Birch and Hawk. And yeah, he, when he said that, yeah, a lot of the guys learned karate or martial arts and did a lot of their own fighting. Yeah. Which I, I thought was really, really awesome to hear because very often there's, um, you know, stunt doubles. Um, and and there's sure still stunt doubles. But, there's still stunt doubles. But the fact that but that's you guys, only for like the crazy stuff that they really yeah. don't want to risk us doing. Right. Right. Wow. That's amazing, man. Well, we can't wait for season five, Owen. Just I can't either. The the anticipation is uh, uh building. Um, this is right in Canada. It's been published that it's in articles that it's in the can. Um, oh, gosh, how can I phrase this question without revealing? 
Is there anything you can say about um, season five? Anything? Anything at all? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he don't want to lose his job, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, watch it when it comes out. I watch it when it comes out. That is amazing. I love it. Wow. Oh, and this is tremendous, man. We are. We thank you so much. Yeah, this man, was for, this was great. Thank you for joining us on BTB. And uh, before we let you go, if you could, Owen, let us know who you are. Throw out your character from Cobra Kai. Let us know you're on Below the Belt show and whatever you want at the end. Uh, well, uh, any anything at the end? Anything at the end? Maybe a catchphrase? Yeah, like, like one of your line, your bur- one of your bur- yeah. uh, lines, maybe. Something about Clarence. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, like, let me come up with the line on the spot here. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. From like any season or. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna come up with the first one that comes to my head. All right. All right. I'm Owen Morgan. I play Bert on Cobra Kai, and you're watching the Below the Belt show. You're going down, nerd. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was awesome, Owen. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're over, are you in Atlanta? Yes. Oh, nice, nice. Atlanta. Where's your home city. base? Same. I I I live in uh, the Atlanta area. Oh, you grew up there. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Let's well, do a quick a... snapshot on the count of three. Okay. Oh yeah, that's of course. Yes. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. Atlanta's also home to Marvel, so yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you might want to knock yeah. on their door, right? <laughs> someday, someday. That would be yeah. amazing. I could see him in Stranger Things, you know, if he had um, time to do double duty. Oh, Stranger I made Things a brief appearance on there. Did you? I didn't talk, but oh. I made a brief appearance in season three. What was your appearance in that show? I was in. I was on like episode the second to last episode. I have like an. I, I'm on screen for like eight seconds. Uh, I don't have glasses on when it's like there, and my head, my hair's a lot longer, but. I'm, Were you at the school? I'm there. Were you in a school scene or what? No, it was like uh, an outdoor scene. Okay. I forgot, cool. but like the camera is like on me for a solid like eight okay. seconds. Eight to ten so seconds. it's like a featured background role for that. Yeah, one. featured background. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yes. Well, that's awesome. Well, there you yeah. go. Well, Owen, wow, thank you so much. And maybe they need to bring you back for a future uh, season of uh, Stranger Things in a bigger role. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm pretty sure awesome. they killed me off, but, you know. Cobra uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Kai never dies, right? Right. Cobra yeah. Kai never dies. <laughs> All right, Owen, have a great night. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. All right, you too. All right, Take care. You. Bye-bye. Bye. Right. Great, yeah. That was Owen Morgan, guys, from Cobra Kai. Very and very um very prompt, very um early with his um interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, really chill. It's kinda cool to see like uh how chill he was. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I can't imagine like being in high school and doing like an interview with like you know, like four creepy people. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> No, he did great. <laughs> All right, well he's probably like he's is he, I guess he's actually seventeen. Yeah, he's playing a junior, um, so I think he is the um, correct age. No. He was born in 2004. Oh, okay. Was that, is that right, 16? So, 17. Oh, wait, hold on. 17, he's 17, yep. All right. It's been a good mass just, show, hasn't it? Yeah, we just we just uh, <laughs> got to the tip of the iceberg on, uh, yeah, on, on Book of Boba Fett, but, um, but yeah, well, I, you know, before I, uh, Owen joined us, I was talking about how 
um, the Tuscan Raiders. Now I, 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 it's such an interesting perspective uh, of liking the Tuscan Raiders, you know, yeah. how they took care of Boba Fett, you know, and that's, yeah, they took him in as a slave. Sure. But, you know, they, Boba um, earned their respect. He saved a few of their lives, you know, he, he stopped an oncoming train of uh, <laughs> of smugglers of spice. Oh, you and, got you got like you know? a big like dances with wolves type vibe with that yeah. that whole thing, right? I mean, because right. that's that that's the vibe that I would get. Like you know that it's almost like they're like a native tribe that right. you know, have, I mean, it's a trope done in a lot of movies and shows, but yeah, they did it they did it pretty well. Yeah. Um. What What else can we say about um? Um, Book of Boba Fett. Um, the well, huts. let's talk about the huts. Let's talk about the huts. The 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 hut twins debuted in, in the yes. episode two. The huts, although they still want the CG route. Um, I, I think I thought it was just pure comedy to see just two big fat huts raised up on um, a platform. One with some kind of small animal to kind of wipe the sweat off. <laughs> I, I thought that, that was hysterical, where he's using a, a like this animal is like a, like a handkerchief. <laughs> and then another, the the, the female hut, um, fanning herself off. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> How cool is it to see the huts again? They like were coming across from the corner, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like when you heard the drum beat, like you just knew something big. Was coming. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect to see twin huts. Yeah, uh, one of my favorites, guys, is this new uh, Wookiee character. Let's talk oh. about Bla- Black Chrysanthemum. So yes, Black Chrysanthemum yes. um, apparently uh, makes an appearance in in uh, Clone Wars, I believe, right? Uh, Anabi, do you know if it was Clone Wars or if it was uh, Rebels? But definitely um is not a character created for boba fett it's a definitely a character that has been in in the canon we just have yet to have seen a live action version and let me say this freaking wookie is badass yes badass so i don't know if anyone got a chance to check out episode three i did okay um if you if you don't want to be spoiled maybe we'll get too much into it but uh you can turn off your microphone. I mean, you're <laughs> anybody don't want to be spoiled. Uh, yeah. But anyways, um, we got to see we got to see Black Chrysanthemum in action versus Boba Fett. And he is a badass. Versus the Gamorrean guards versus this group, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, I'll tell you, um, it was great to see. I mean, granted, Wookies are supposed to tear limbs off of people. And he couldn't do, even though he beat up Boba Fett pretty good, he didn't get the best of Boba Fett. Right. 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 Didn't get the best of Boba Fett. Um, and then you have this new group. So in episode three, guys. Oh, I, we, I, better, I actually better drop off. I haven't seen episode three. Okay. Yeah. We'll give you the yeah. sign when it's when it's free to come back. Yeah. So yeah, what's so cool is like we never really had seen a live action like a villain um wookie you know we always yes. used to, chewbacca you know how you know i mean chewbacca's like one of the biggest hero characters of star wars lore of all time so right. the scene just like a badass like cause, you know we always heard about how badass wookies could be and we never really get to see too much of it with chewbacca you know he never really went right one like you know ripping off arms or whatever you know or, or, or biting people you know we're seeing this um new villain one bite people which yeah is pretty, 
vicious. He, he bit one of the Gamorrean guards, and yeah. uh, apparently they had to take that Gamorrean guard to uh, the back of the tank to, uh, yeah, to basically heal up. But um, so now they have these like. Um, now it's interesting that the I, I watched these particular YouTube shows on Star Wars, and I they really really hit the nail on the head. Like, although granted, the one girl is really hot. I feel like this group of young human droid, you know, cyborg types are not very Star Wars fitting. And I was reading, I was like, you know what? So far. They're ta- they were talking about how they just feel really misplaced. These characters, they don't look like Star Wars. They don't feel like Star Wars. It's like they took them from some other part of the fandom and pushed them into episode three of uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, I kind of felt so far. It, for me, it, it felt kind of like you those. Agree with that? Um, you remember in Stranger Things when they went, um, when Eleven went to hang out with his other people? I, I believe it was in like Chicago or somewhere. Right. They had other abilities, you know, but we only, we only saw him for that one episode. Yeah. It felt kind of like that crew that they were hanging out with, you know? Um, yeah. In Stranger Things. So, I mean, I, but I mean, people, like, people get so down on each one of these episodes and want to critique everything to death, you know, instead right. of letting the series play out you know especially since this is only going to be like one episode per week you know which everybody's so used to binge watching now um and i heard people complaining about the the huts and they're saying like the cgi cg is not very good yeah they want it to be like puppets or whatever but you gotta remember like we're getting we're getting pretty much movie quality stuff in series now which is pretty yeah you know so i'll take some cgi even if it's not going to be you know, 100%, just so I can see, like, you know, the huts, because, you know, how are they going to do, like, two huge um, hut puppets, you know, for a series? Yeah. It's going to be so expensive. You're right. And how how the heck, um, I mean, yeah, because of the size and scale of these monsters, but... Um, and I think, I think whatever this CGI is, I think it's still way better than... Um, Phantom Menace, so I'm happy. Oh God, Phantom Menace <laughs> and right. the um, the special edition trilogy where they had they they recut the original scene where Boba Boba Fett, Han Solo, and Jabba the Hutt, right? Um, and had Han Solo step on Jabba's tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it's at how pissed poor right. the CG is that in that particular scene is. Um, and uh, anyways, um, can I throw out one big WTF moment from Episode yes. Three? Yeah, you might want to um, mute your speakers if you haven't right. seen episode three right now. So, guys, we saw the return of the Rancor, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> holy shit. And so cool. bringing in the Rancor was none other than actor Danny Trejo from Machete, from right. uh, just so many great movies. Um, he's just the, like the consummate character actor. And I, I think saw him, I'm like, is that is that Danny right there? Because he was kind of like off in the background. Look, right. Look like him. And I didn't right. wait for them to get him for Star Wars, but then it was him. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought he was a great, great choice for the the Rancor uh, trainer. And um, what's interesting uh, is that Boba Fett um, wanted to um, train, wanted to know how to ride the Rancor because mm-hmm. uh, and he talked about riding monsters bigger than the Rancor. And actually, that's an Easter egg to the Star Wars Holiday Special um, <laughs> when uh, Boba Fett, an animated version of Boba Fett, was riding this big, like, brontosaurus-looking type of creature. Oh, that's right. That's right. 
But what's yeah. cool is like they were going back into like a lot of the um, background on Rancors, and um, actually they were saying how they're you know pretty like peaceful um, animals. Yeah. You know that they're not like I mean it depends on how you train them, and they're usually like really close to the person who like you know is like their owner. So like if you you know kind of like a dog, you know so like. You know, they're not, we've seen them, um, you know, Return of the Jedi and everything. They're just like some, you know, beast that will just kill whatever gets into their path. But that's not really accurate. You know, they're actually like really, you know, like, I guess, good creatures, you know, that will protect their masters and stuff like that. Or, you know. Yeah. So, and it, what was it? Was the first person they see, you know, is, is the person that is like kind of their master who they protect? Yes. Yes. In this episode. So that's, that's why. That's, you know, that's the thing about the series is that you. You're getting way more, you know, the uh, the history of these characters, like the Tuscan Raiders, like the Rancors and stuff that we didn't know just by watching these short, you know, Star Wars movies yes. back in the day. So it's kind of yep. like, you know, what we say with Cobra Kai, you know, like these these series are, you know, adding depth to all these characters that that's we didn't have back then. That's a very good, beautiful analogy, Chachi. That's exactly what they're doing with these characters. What, what about the Twi'leks? The Twi'leks are back. Um, of course, we have the, the Major Domo Twi'lek. Um, he's great. He's like, yeah. apologies, apologies. <laughs> he's pretty funny. <laughs> he's kind of like a very demure or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. you get Jennifer Beals, who is this, you know, she's a legendary actress. She's been in everything, uh, playing one of the Twi'leks that runs the bar. Um, and that's really cool. And of course, let's not forget, guys, we now know the story of how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc. So we oh, got yeah, that in episode yeah. one. I know that we're going to go all over the place from the first three episodes, but heck, we weren't on the air for uh, the premiere of, of Book of Boba Fett. But uh, I didn't expect, I thought he would have used the jetpack. I thought he would use the jetpack, but yeah, now the jetpack, the jetpack malfunction, which caused him to go in, now starting to make sense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we see Boba Fett in the Rancor belly with a stormtrooper, and people are thinking, well, the stormtrooper didn't fall off of uh that uh ship uh you know during that battle return of the jedi don't forget people that get trapped in the belly of the sarlacc could be there for up to a thousand years as they're slowly digested so whatever the lifespan you know wookies and and the species that are yodas they can live up to a thousand years so they're like suffering for a thousand years while being slowly digested pretty pretty crazy that's like half general's life yeah right (laughs) it's crazy Um, and by the way, we're, we're, we're happy to welcome General Zod back, back to the program whenever you're ready. Um, but, uh, <laughs> overall, the first three episodes are fantastic. Anna B, do you, do you have, um, an opinion on what you've seen so far in the Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, I mean, I like it so far. I think, um, I think maybe like this last episode, there were some parts that I think could have been done without, but overall. Yeah. What, episode three? Yeah. Okay. What, did, what were your opinions on that 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 group of young characters, the the cyborg type characters, Park Droid? Did they fit? Did they feel fitting for Star Wars? It, something seemed a little off about about that group. It just didn't feel like Star Wars to me. I actually didn't really think about it to be okay. honest. I just enjoyed it. Um, okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not the best person to be super critiquing something okay. I <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah apparently war is headed over to uh to uh, uh the book of boba fett um is it the pikes is it the the 
Is it the Huts? Is it this other group? Um, which, according to um, one of the YouTube shows I do watch, the main villain villains could be the Crimson Dawn villains, which um, is a, is the group that Kira from Solo, a, a Star Wars story, works for. So. In all cases, uh, I think we've covered uh, a lot of great things from the Book of Boba Fett. Again, I just yeah, but just watching this and watching um, watching Mandalorian, it really shows you how cool the um, Mm -hmm. you know that the new Star Wars trilogy could have been. Yeah, with all these cool stories and all the characters they brought back and stuff, and it it seems like if you just get some great writers who you know appreciate Star Wars, you know it could be so much better than what we received. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, number three would be what? Number 18? <laughs> number 18, Adam McKay's Don't Look Up, which stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Al Soto. Hello. Uh, <laughs> just check. Well, I do have a scene in it, guys. At the 30-minute mark, you can see yours truly in Don't Look Up. As a pair of scientists try, uh, try to convince the world to take an extinction-level asteroid seriously, broke the records at Netflix. Um, Did you play the asteroid? I didn't play the asteroid. Okay. <laughs> that would have, have been a big break. 152 million hours streamed between de- December 27th and January 2nd, um, putting it right at the top of the leaderboard for globally viewed English language films. Hmm. Um, yeah, of course, Kate, um, Kate Blanchett's in it, and Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, Timothy Chalamet. I mean, we're talking about pretty much the biggest A-list actors you can think of all jammed into one movie, which is crazy. I mean, the budget must have been insane. Um, it was divided by critics. But, I mean, we talked about the, sh- um, the movie before. Maybe a, a few of you finally got a chance to see it, and maybe you guys can talk about your, your thoughts. I mean, a lot of people were criticizing, thinking it was kind of like all about climate change and kind of like satire on climate change. But I don't know. I enjoyed the movie for what it was, guys. Anyone else check out Don't Look Up? Can... Uh, can chime in on what they thought. Zod? I actually haven't had a chance to see it yet. Okay. So, I so, will... so no one else on the panel has checked it out yet. No, I saw it. I saw it. Okay, Chachi okay. McFly. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought, I mean, people said it was about climate change. Like, when I was watching it, I kind of, like, took it to, like, how people, some people act with COVID. And like, yes. I don't want to believe certain things about COVID or vaccines exactly. or whatever. That's the way yeah. I was thinking. It, I wouldn't but, think climate change at all. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess it's any kind of way you want to interpret it. But it, it was it was pretty funny how like, you know, no matter what it is, there's some people who like would never believe something, you know, and it just gets political. And um, so I thought that was pretty interesting to see on there. It's interesting. And in, um, don't look up. They actually showed an 800 number, a public service announcement. Um, Basically, if you're looking for peace of mind, you're encouraged to call this 800 number, sponsored by FEMA uh, and the movie's fictional telecommunications company, Bash. And it turns out the number actually leads to a phone sex line. So (laughs) (laughs) whether it was intense or not. um, Yeah, it was funny because as soon as I saw the number, I was watching the movie. I'm like, I know that number. You know, like I, like, right? Yeah. So I knew it sounded familiar. So like, I guess that's what it was. <laughs> now, do people actually call phone sex lines anymore? Like, that's amazing that that would still be a thing. <laughs> we have something called the internet now, guys. I just don't know why anyone <laughs> would want to do that. You know, 
Yeah, this is can... back in the 80s, Chachi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know damn well the person on the other end of that call was nowhere near attractive. <laughs> oh, it never is. I actually have a family member who I won't put on blast on the show that actually did that once back in the day. They phone sex? They actually uh, were, was the operator on, on oh, one really? of those. I can't, I can't say on the air who it is. but How, uh, much, how, much, how much did they pay you for that job? <clears throat> she... <laughs> they, the, the, person made a, the person made a decent living. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you, you could know, do a female enough, voice. Enough for enough for a side hustle, you know. Yeah, I, I, I know you could do a female voice. You are very talented. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you reached you reached BP. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Um, interestingly enough, um, another thing about Don't Look Up that I loved was that planet at the end of the movie. Did, how cool was that planet? Oh yeah, yeah, with that that creature. Yes. So this bronze rock creature, apparently, um, they were able to look up how Meryl Streep's presidential character would die, and it was eaten by bronze rock. And you you see this crazy planet with so much vegetation and color, and these like bronze rock creatures, um, and basically, you know, they're the only humans left in existence are well, Jonah Hill did survive. On Earth. His character yeah, was funny in the movie. He was the last man on Jonah Hill's the last man on Earth, but yeah. the rest of the humans that escaped the Doom planet uh, that pretty much was destroyed uh, went to a new. Uh, I think it took several years to get to this planet, uh, and um, they were able to find a planet that matched the atmosphere of Earth and. Uh, it was cool because, you know, I just didn't think they were going to go there with this movie. You know, we're talking about realistic astronomy, um, you know, and well, I wouldn't say realistic. I mean, you know, let's God forbid there's a realistic asteroid that could wipe out the entire um, global uh, population. But uh, uh, just to see a different planet was just kind of mind blowing. But it was really cool, guys. I would definitely, definitely recommend checking out Don't Look Up and um Speaking of ratings, guys, um, the number four, well, that would be number 17? 16. 16. Number 16 on my list. I got to use numbers over, guys. Uh, number 16. We're learning. We're learning. A little bit of growing pains, you know. Cobra Kai. Of course yes. we talked about Cobra Kai already because we had Owen Morgan on. The top of the Netflix most watched TV shows with its season four debut in just three days yes. after a New Year's Eve launch, um, according to the streaming service. Uh, top 10 data. Um, and uh, in second place, just the second place, was The Witcher, um, in, which was the number two um, top show on Netflix. Emily in Paris. Um, season two was a number three show, and incidentally enough, um, Emily in Paris has been renewed for season three and four. So check it out on Netflix, guys. Um, and um, number fifteen. Well, it's, it's surprising about um, Cobra Kai. You know, it t- a lot of it took place on um, Terry Silver, which was from Karate Kid three. In Karate Kid three. I always enjoyed that movie. Uh, you know, it. I don't think the ending was um, as good as the first two, but I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of cool seeing um, Daniel LaRusso kind of turning to the to the dark side in the movie. You know, actually joining Cobra Kai, which was a pretty big deal when that happened. Um, but you know, 
it didn't do well at, at the box office, you know, nowhere near the first two. So it's kind of cool seeing characters from that movie really you know, like getting fleshed out now in the Cobra Kai series. And um, Terry Silver said um, near the end that he was going to, you know, pick up some um, old friends or whatever to help out with Cobra Kai. Yeah, you who do you think that's going to be? I think it's going to be bad boy Mike Barnes, which was the main um, the main guy who Daniel fought in part three. You know, he's one of the few that we haven't seen yet from the old Karate Kid um, trilogy. Mm. You know, and also I think um, we're going to see um, Hillary Swank's um, character um, within the next couple of seasons. You know, probably at the end of next season, I think she'll come back to help out, you know, with some of the um, train some of the girls in Cobra Kai. Because um, she was in the next Karate Kid, which I th- thought was like a pretty awful movie. You know, still had um, Mr. Miyagi in it. Mr. Miyagi's last um, role as Mr. Miyagi in that movie. And Hilary Swink, I thought, did a great job, you know, playing playing the girl that he trains. But the storyline was shitty. Like, the the main villain was, like, this pretty much like a hall monitor in her school who, like, she ended up fighting. It's real convoluted. They had these um, monks they went and got, and the monks did, like, they just went bowling with them. You know, the monks didn't fight or anything. It was a, it was a really bad bad script i thought <laughs> but you gotta figure like daniel probably met um hillary swank's character uh, i think her name was julie at mr miyagi's funeral so they always couldn't bring her back somehow because he would have you know known her from that that we never you know we, we never saw his funeral so that could very well mm-hmm. could have happened okay because because um you know ralph macchio was not was not in that movie at all you know neither was billy zapka or anybody well you know, that might have been the forgotten film, but if they bring in uh, Hilary Swank in a future season of Cobra Kai, then all will be forgiven. All right. Number th- number 13. I already mentioned Emily in Paris, but uh, yeah, it was nom- it was uh, it's an Emmy nominated <laughs> show already renewed for a third and fourth season. Most most shows usually go for the next season, but it was the numbers uh, were so high. Basically, it made the global um top 10 list on netflix across 94 countries and um i know chas you're an old school darren star fan you're a fan of uh beverly hills 902 Melrose place it's it's darren star's baby and i gotta admit how is it okay it's good man (laughs) it's a great show i mean granted i haven't heard of it my love of lily collins has to do a lot of of the show has to do with a lot of the show but it's actually it's actually a very well-written uh, rom- rom-com series, you know? Um, and, you know, it's basically about Lily's character of Emily um, moving to Paris, France, and, and uprooting her life in the U.S. to work in France, and, and you know, her loves and losses and um, making new friends, win- winning over our colleagues... And in season two, we see Emily travel from Paris to the French Riviera, um, and Emily's getting better at navigating the city, but still struggling with the idiosyncrasies of French life. So um, I think I'll be watching season two. That's next on my docket, so be able to talk a little bit more about it. But I think right now is a good time to take a classic cut break. And uh, so here we go with the classic cut theme. Where my dog's at. It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. 
Chachi. Yes, right. It's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut, where each and every week, where I'm on the show at least, I'll dig into our cassette tapes. You know, I'll get out a pencil, wind up the tape a little bit. You know, when the tape comes out the bottom, pop it in our boombox and play something for your listening pleasure. And this week, um, I don't know if you had this news bit, um, we lost another musical um, legend, Ronnie Spector. Do you have that, Al? Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Spector used to work with Eddie Money. Yes. And uh, she is um, the Ronette singer. Yeah, she was big in the 60s. I'm sure yeah. people know that song, um, Be My Little Baby. Yeah. It was a um, very big hit for her back in the day. And she ended up marrying... Um, Phil Spector, and you know how crazy he turned out to be. Yes, Phil Spector's um was locked up for a while, wasn't he? I think he's still is he locked up still for murder? He's still locked up for murder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like um, you know, the song that I know her most mostly from is um Eddie Money's "Take Me Home Tonight," where um you know he says like just like Ronnie sang, and she'll she sings "Be My Little Baby." And one of my favorite songs of all time, definitely one of those kind of songs that, you know, even if I'm in a bad mood, you know, pop that song on and it always like cheers me up. So it's um, definitely sad that she passed away with a slew of other um, celebrities in these past couple of weeks. This we'll be bringing up a little later. Yeah, yeah. But she was um, 78 and like, um, I believe it was last year for one of the Christmas cuts, she actually did a song with Eddie Money. Um, um, you know, they did another duet for a Christmas song, which was pretty cool. You know, I think it was like everybody loves Christmas. Yeah. Which I still play all the time um, around the holidays, you know, for myself. But this is, you know, I think one of the best songs um, by Eddie Money and the late Roddy, the late Eddie Money, now the late Ronnie Spector. You know, I'm sure we're together again now. But this is Take Me Home Tonight. All right. And we'll be back right after the classic cut. Okay. Now, Take Me Home Tonight was a recent cut. Well, not so recent. A couple of years ago, because we played that song when sadly when Eddie Money, Money died. Yeah, yeah, when he sadly passed away. Yeah. So. It's still one of my favorites. I, we don't care what people think. <laughs> I right. Twice in a few years. All right. Surprised you right. didn't go with the Ronette song. Like, uh, yeah. Baby, I've heard that before, though. That's a good song, too. Yeah, that would have been a, a little more proper, but nonetheless, we're not here to argue which song is Well, I am the king of the 80s. Ronettes. <laughs> oh, Ronettes. Ronettes will be in the 60s. It wouldn't be appropriate, right? Right. Okay. All right. Um, number 13, um, some HBO Max stuff. Um, two new cast members of The White Lotus for season two is Michael Imperioli. 
And one of my favorites, Aubrey Plaza. I love Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey was one of the coolest, chillest celebrities I've ever worked with, not only on Parks and Rec when I was on set with her then, but also um, seeing her on two different occasions. Um, one um, at the, um, not only on set of of uh, Parks and Rec, but also um, at the Paley, Paley Fest in Los Angeles. So, um yeah, she's awesome. She's really, really awesome. Uh, I think it's great, a great addition, because Aubrey's really good at dark comedy. As you, if you saw Ingrid Goes West, is definitely I highly recommend that uh, that show. Um, but yeah, check it out, guys. Uh, White Lotus for season two. Um, all right, <clears throat> number twelve. The boys, <laughs> the boys are back this summer. It's funny because you could call, you could play that. Uh, that uh cue that uh brian adams song um but anyways i'm talking about um the boys in the summer or whatever song or whatever you mean summer of 69 no No, there's another you're talking about about don henley boys of summer yes or are you you talking about the boys are back in town town. (laughs) yeah anyways i might have talking about don henley um boys of summer yes but the boys on amazon the crazy superheroes, the soups, if you will, are back on your TV screens this summer, guys. We saw the first, for the, boys. the first footage <laughs> of season three. Can you believe The Boys is an Emmy-nominated show, first of all? It just blows my mind, guys. Um, so basically, you're going to see the first three episodes on Friday, June 3rd. And then you're going to see um, episodes dropping weekly after that i kind of like what amazon does they give you kind of like a a a combination of what netflix does and what um disney plus or yeah yeah so they give you the first three and then they wait (laughs) let you wait out like the weekly episodes after that but uh one of the craziest storylines that we're gonna see unfold in live action on the boys is the hero gasm yeah storyline and um i'd let um Mike the General Zod uh, explain Herogasm for us here. <laughs> okay. So Herogasm is supposed to be like uh, one of the long lasting tradition in comic books is every year. And it's now become like quite often, like more than once a year, they have these big crossovers. And what the, what the crossovers are is like, you know, as you can imagine, all these different superheroes come together and they team up to like fight some kind of like big threat. And, you know, it's usually like they all go out into space or something like that. Well, the whole point of Herogasm is that all these superheroes tell uh, tell the world that they're going out into space to, like, fight a big threat, like some big alien threat or something. But they actually go to this island where they have, like, this gigantic orgy. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. Yes. And, yeah. So it's so uh, you- in the comics, it was funny as hell and really fucked up. Like there were some really, really fucked up scenes in it. But yeah, wonder how much they're going to go with that. But how, how I mean, much of it can they show? Um, yeah. But it is, it is it is streaming and there's no, you know, you can there's no the limit. <laughs> <You're not> gonna... <laughs> I remember lock- Peru. <laughs> I remember you Peru's- the room, um, the door to your room when you were reading these comics. <laughs> I actually got the graphic novel recently. Actually, oh, you did. So you yes. locked your door. 
Yes, I lock my door. <laughs> but I, I and, flip through and, it. Yeah. And, 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 you live alone too, so it's a really, <laughs> a really good comic. <laughs> well, they are they are probably planning on. Um, I know this season they're going to be introducing. Oh, I can't remember what they're called the in the boys universe the version of the Avengers. I don't remember what they're called. I mean, if you think of like the seven, is it the six or the seven who are there's yeah. Justice League? Um, there's like a and then. And also the G-Men, which are supposed to be like their X-Men. Weren't they going to okay. do that this season? So, I, think, like, I believe that we're going to see that as well. Yeah, the G-Men. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, okay. um, Jensen Ackles from Supernatural portraying... Um, Soldier, uh, Boy, Soldier Boy, who's like, who's like the Captain America. There you go. He's like the Captain America character, yeah. Because every soup is based on a, a popular DC or Marvel hero. I mean, the deep is Aquaman. Um, you know, uh, Homelander is Superman. A Train is the Flash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Starlight is is probably Star Girl. Is Soldier Boy's um superpower um Superman that hoe? (laughs) Well, that's a dated hip hop reference, isn't it? (laughs) I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. Bring it back. All right, number 11, Amazon Prime's I Know What You Did Last Summer has been canceled after one series season. Um, you know what? It worked as a movie. Sometimes it doesn't translate well as a series. So maybe this franchise should have stuck to the movie format. Apparently not a lot of people watched. And because of that, they are canceling the show after one season. So farewell. <laughs> One show that I will be watching, and this is number 10 on our list, Apple TV Plus's Suspicion. Love Uma Thurman. She's just an amazing actress. Drops on February 4th. She plays a high-profile CEO living in New York where where her son is taken by four mysterious mass kidnappers. And apparently they're British citizens. So they pretty much wrangled up all these suspects that are British. Uh, to try, try to find alibis and try to find uh, pinpoint who the kidnappers are, indeed. Um, so, uh, first two episodes will drop on February 4th, and one episode each the following Friday. So, Apple TV doing, you know, similar, similar to what Man. Amazon Prime's doing, right? For the 12 people who have Apple TV subscriptions. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, you know, how many people have the Paramount Plus Network? So, this is number nine on my list. Is the Beavis and Butthead feature film will be going directly to Paramount Plus this year? I guess a lot of people must have Paramount Plus because everyone talks about Yellowstone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you're right. Yellowstone. Interesting. You mentioned Yellowstone, General. The most <clears throat> highest ratings on a cable TV series. Now, this is not including streaming, just cable. Since season three of The Walking Dead back in 2017. Oh really? It's on cable? I thought it was it's only on, on Paramount. So it's on Paramount. It's on it's on Paramount Network and Paramount Plus. Oh. So there's right. actually a linear, which is funny because I didn't even know what these were called. But apparently, cable is so obscure now that everyone's going streaming that if it's on a channel, it's called linear TV. Didn't know that. But <laughs> linear. Okay. Linear TV. Thought, so. I thought Yellowstone was on TNT actually. It's also on TNT as well. I thought it was. Okay. But I don't know, Beavis and Butthead, I mean, I feel it's a very dated dated yeah. franchise. I, I don't know if it could go over in today's um, 
I don't know. I don't know how it's going to fare. I'm very curious. Um, apparently, they did a, a mock-up of older, middle-aged versions of Be- Beavis and Butthead. Um, but I don't think the entire um, reboot film will be the older versions of them. I think it maybe is just kind of a promo for it, you know? Um, but yes, the movie will be based... Um, the 2022 movie will be the second Beavis and Butthead film since the 1996 movie Beavis and Butthead do America. So yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that movie was a big deal when that came out, but I don't think it had staying power now. Cause didn't they bring back another season of it at some point? Like maybe within the last 10 years yeah. on MTV, they brought back um, Beavis and Butthead for a new season. But I mean, I think it was did best back in the old days when they would just watch music videos and like kind of make fun of them. Yeah. yeah. Who watches music videos anymore? That's a thing. That I was mean, a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. The entire. So is it basically these? I mean, are they going to be like adults, or are they still going to be kids? I think it's a reboot, and that that the uh, the adults was kind of like a, a a marketing thing, but I, I I you know it's like a mock up of of the older middle age versions, but uh huh. Yeah. But apparently they call for a brand new movie and more. So like, would they be right. kids in the in the 90s still, or they would be I just, kids like I nowadays? I don't know yeah. how old we'll go over, guys, because there's, gotta no find music, out. Yeah. there's no music videos. I mean, granted, yes, they still make music videos, but I just don't know how it's gonna work, guys. I really don't. Um, I guess we're 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 gonna we're probably gonna see an Austin Powers reboot within the next couple of years. Right. <laughs> it's about time, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'd like to see a sequel before the reboot. I think I think Mike yeah. Myers has got a, another one in the bag yeah, of tricks there. Yeah, we, we need a funny movie by um, Michael Myers. Right, right. <laughs> All right, number eight, Bel Air. The, uh, a full trailer just dropped. I got I had the pleasure of working on um, that set in Philadelphia. <clears throat> You'll see the first three episodes on Peacock on February thirteenth. And wow, you really see some of your favorite characters in very at a very different type of show, guys. I mean, you see Will Smith. I mean, you also see who's played by Jabari Banks. You also see Uncle Phil. You know, you see, um, you know, Aunt Viv. You know, you see all. You see, you see Carlton. But these are very different characters. And I watched the trailer. The Carlton is not that funny nerdy carlton this is a successful carlton like a mm-hmm. i mean he like i mean granted the family was successful in the sitcom but this is a guy that's kind of like taking advantage of his wealth and become very successful on his own i'm just very curious how it's gonna do guys i i really don't know how it's gonna do but uh we'll just have to wait and see it's a very weird concept like i mean i love yeah. the original fresh prince but I don't know. Like, do I want? Do I want to see like a serious um, Fresh Prince? Yeah. Like, well, you know, know, you know, they've done they've done plenty of comedic remakes of former dramas. Like you think like Starsky and Hutch, for example, the yeah. uh, Ben Stiller one, or um, I, well, that's the only one that comes to mind right now. But <laughs> right. I know they've done they've done, done a lot. lot of, done a lot though. Yeah. yeah but, like, so, but, like, mean, would you want to see like a serious version of Alf where like the alien kills people? I don't know. <laughs> you know that <laughs> like, would be. That would be kind of actually. I don't know. I think that might be. I might want to see that. Okay, maybe I want to see that. But and Alf, you know. Alf actually had like a really, really dark ending, didn't it? Like uh, where he goes to, like he actually gets taken away by the military. Isn't that how they ended the Alf show? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know, but 
Alf ate cats, and that was really disturbing for me. So, <laughs> yeah. um, all right, number seven. Um, I'm very curious about what you think. It's a female-led reboot of the classic sitcom nope, nope. The Honeymooners. <laughs> yeah, you're like, nope, right away, Chachi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by Damon Wayans Jr. This is going to be on CBS. Ah. And it's a bold, female-fronted reimagining of the iconic oh, class comedy. So, centered so around it's a, let's see. It's, it, it's, it's a female-fronted remake on CBS. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to be missing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing yeah. that, that Damon Wayans Jr. will be the husband that, you know, lets his wife boss him around, I guess, is what I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what a nightmare! Uh, but, what a like. But they're basically calling it's a marriage that has two heads of households. There you uh, go. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, you never know. It could work. No, it, it, it would, would not work. There's no way in the world it would ever work. There's no chance in hell it's ever gonna work. I don't. I don't care what well, it is. You know, did you think that a remake of uh, of the Honeymooners that took place in prehistoric times would be successful? But it was. And, Another uh, cartoon. You know, that wasn't like. Okay, the honeymooners is like you know one of the you know most iconic um, you know, sitcoms of all time. You know, like Jackie Gleason, you know, and and um, R.G. Meadows, and the one that played Trixie is actually still alive. She's in upper nineties. Oh, uh-huh. and Art Carney. Yeah, Art Carney. I mean, it worked because of the actors who starred in it. You can't remake that, and it's stupid to even try. And you know, this is lazy writing where they're always like, "Well, we're gonna switch it up. We're gonna make it them women, or we're gonna." make them black or we're going to make them um whatever and anything oh, there was there was a there was a remake there was a black remake there was a of black the honeymooners there was a movie and it bombed horribly so okay. you're gonna take that you're gonna take that i think it was eccentric entertainer i think played um oh Rob. god yeah that was already a bad idea so you're gonna keep on doing the bad ideas because they, they do this because they want to to get the buzz in the news people are like oh i remember the honeymooners let me give it a shot you know and it just almost never works out you know and they're like, well, but she's going to be a head of a household, too, with um, Ralph Cranon. It's not going to work. You know, it was funny at the time. It's like it's like saying, like, OK, we're going to do like a female um, Three Stooges. It wouldn't work. You know, make original stuff and it, and it could work. You know, even yeah. even if it did the same kind of concept and called it something else, it probably would do better than them already setting themselves up for failure by calling it. The yeah. Well, yeah. is it is it going to take place in the 50s or be in 2020? Probably you know, what? I, I believe it's going to be contemporary. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, so the, yeah. so it, it's essentially going to be probably just a generic sitcom, but they're just latching onto the honey, honeymooners, honeymooners name, you're right? Yeah, name, exactly. Latching onto it, yeah. Yeah. You gotta remember, the honeymooners only lasted one season. Really? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Even though I, I, as iconic it is as it is, it didn't um go on for that so long. That doesn't make sense for it to. I remember we I used to we used to watch episodes of the honeymoon. Like my English teacher in like eighth grade would sometimes show <laughs> episodes of the honeymooners. And like, uh, God, that's a long time uh, that you went in the high school in the eighth grade in the fifties, huh, General? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, but it was it was like such a random thing. Like every once in a while, I guess when he didn't feel like teaching, he's like, "Okay, we're gonna watch this instead." And yeah. We'd watch yeah, yeah you know, and, like, and like for the record, like Ralph, you know, only like threatened to beat the shit out of his wife. He never actually laid a hand on her, so it was just verbal abuse. It wasn't actual yeah. physical abuse. He never actually. Oh, so him. so are they gonna have it for the, the where the woman is like constantly threatening violence on her husband, and like um. Which that's 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 I think that's still fine in two thousand twenty. 
what are we, 22? Yeah, 22? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot what year it was. I know, right? Okay. Um, number... Let me look at my guide here. Number six, the Golden Globe winners. So the Golden Globe Globes, the, the gala was canceled, but they didn't cancel them reading the awards. They still read their awards um, amongst their other members of the Hollywood Foreign Press. There was no celebrities in attendance um, because, as you know, they got in a lot of trouble because the the members of the Hollywood Foreign Press were not diverse enough. And based on some of the winners, guys, I think it kind of reflects that they're really, really trying hard to make you know better oh, for... Let me, let me imagine what happened. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the honeymooners... So, Honeymoon, the Honeymooners already won a Govan. I know, it's not even for, out yet, right? For next year, yes. We talked about the nominees already, but so I'm just going to read the winners. Best Motion Picture Drama, The Power of the Dog. That's what Benedict Cumberbatch, you can see that on Netflix. Best Musical or Comedy Picture, West Side Story. Uh, best Performance by an Actor in a Drama, Will Smith for King Richard. I need to see King Richard. He was he was good in that. Chachi, you told yeah. me he's uh, definitely deserving yeah. of, of yeah, that, a, was de- that was deserving, yes. Of an award. Very nice. Actress in a motion picture drama, Nicole Kidman, being the Ricardos. And this is cool to see because yeah. she was very criticized uh, for portraying um, Lucille Ball. Apparently, people thought that uh, Deborah Messing should have portrayed her. They didn't think she was... Uh, a great choice, but hey, she's proving otherwise by winning a Golden Globe. I, mean, I thought she did well in it. You know, um, you know, some some parts you kind of saw Nicole Kim, and other parts you like saw Lucy. But yeah, I thought the, the guy that played um, Ricky Ricardo did a great job, especially the guy who played um, Fred Mertz in the um, I Love Lucy. I thought he looked just like him. Yeah, some great casting for the some most cool part. behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's on Amazon Prime, correct? Check that out. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, guys. Highly recommend Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, I got to see um, a sneak peek of it in New York. Um, Andrew Garfield did an amazing job with the role. He's not really a singer, but he really proved uh, that he has the ability to sing and uh, be in a role uh, that that uh, was all about um, Jonathan. The the, um, the mind behind Rent, you know, the, the Broadway musical Rent. Uh, best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy goes to Rachel Zegler for West Side Story. Apparently, this is Rachel's first um, acting job in a film. Apparently, she's done only Broadway prior. So pretty impressive based on that. Director in a motion picture, Jane Champion, Power of the Dog. Supporting actor in a motion picture, Jody Smith McPhee, Power of the Dog, Supporting Actress Motion Picture, Ariana DeBose. All right, um, television series drama Succession. Still have yet to get into that show. Uh, congratulations to Succession. Best television series, musical or comedy, Hacks. Um, best performance by an actor in a television series drama, Jeremy Strong, Succession. Best performance by actress in a television series, Michaela J. Rodriguez for Pose. And yes, this is the first transgender actress to win the Best Actress Award at 
the Golden Globes. So there you go. Already breaking barriers, Chachi. Already? Yeah, MJ Rodriguez um, is the best actress and also the first transgendered actress. Um, best actor in a TV series comedy, Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. No surprise there. Actress in a musical comedy, best performance goes to Gene Smart for Hacks. Uh, best limited series goes to Underground Railroad. And I got to give a shout out to Michael Keaton for Dope Sick because he won Best Performance by an Actor in a Limited Series. And Kate Winslet, another amazing job for, on a show that I worked on, Mayor of Easttown, very deserving for Best Performance by an Actress in a Limited Series. Uh, best Supporting Actor in Television, Oh Young Soo for Squid Game. Awesome. And, yeah. Good to see Squid Game getting some recognition there. Supporting actress in television goes to Sarah Snook for Succession. Original score goes to Dune. And um, and yeah, best, and well, I'll read one more. Best motion picture, animated motion picture goes to Encanto. And I skipped a few ones, but yeah, trying to get through this list. Better here. off, yeah. Um, all right, <clears throat> number five, the SAG Award nominations. This is one of my favorite events. Um, sadly, I don't think I'll be uh, attending in person as they're limiting um, tickets for this due to the Omicron variant, but hopefully the award show still goes on. But we'll mention some stuff that has been canceled next. But um, take place on February 20, 27th in a new location in Santa Monica, California, they're actually going to be having the ceremony at the Barker Hangar, which is interesting. It's a hangar with all these planes and stuff. They're actually converting that. Is that on the pier? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's close to the pier. Okay. Close to the pier. Um, but yeah, it should be pretty cool. All right. Just a few nominees, guys. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role in a motion picture. Javier Bardem. Be the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, and Denzel Washington Macbeth. The tragedy of Macbeth, that is. Mm. Some great nominees there. Um, I could see it going to uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Will Smith, or Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Uh, female actor in a leading role. Jessica Chastain. She plays Tammy Faye Baker in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman, Lost Daughter, Lady Gaga, House of Gucci, Jennifer Hudson, Respect. Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos. And of course, Nicole won in her category at the Golden Globes. Let's see if she repeats for that one. Um, supporting role in a film. Ben Affleck, Tender Bar. Bradley Cooper, there's your movie, Josh. Licorice Pizza. Yes. Yes. Troy Kotsur in Coda. Troy was great uh, in his role in Coda. Jared Leto, House of Gucci. Jared, complete transformation to become Paolo Gucci in House of Gucci. And uh, Cody Smith-McPhee, Power of the Dog. Female actor in supporting role. Film includes Catriona Balfi. Belfast, Cape Blanchett, Nightmare Alley, 
Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog, and Ruth Nega for passing. And the thing yep. about SAG Awards, thing about SAG Awards, and uh, <laughs> I know where you're going with Shachi. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> uh, they actually recognize an ensemble. So an ensemble cast for a motion picture, they, they recognize how the actors work together, which is cool. Uh, the cast of Belfast, the cast of Coda, the cast of Don't Look Up. Woo, that's who I'm rooting for. Uh, ca- the cast of House of Gucci, the cast of King Richard. All right. And Stunt Ensemble, Black Widow, Dune, Matrix Resurrections, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi are the nominees for Best Stunt Ensemble in a Motion Picture. All right, going off the TV, guys. Outstanding uh, performance by a male actor in a TV series. A C- uh, sorry, a TV movie or limited series. Murray Bartlett, White Lotus. Oscar Isaac, Scenes from a Marriage. Michael Keaton, that's who I'm rooting for. Dope sick. That's right, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. Not for Obi-Wan Kenobi, but for Halston. <laughs> and Evan Peters, not as Quicksilver, but for his role as Detective Collins Abel in Mayor of Easttown. All right. Um, female actor in a television movie or a limited series, Jennifer Coolidge. That's Stifter's mom in <laughs> The White Lotus. Cynthia Revo, Junior Saritha. Margaret Qualley for Maid, Jean Smart, Mayor of Easttown. Kate Winslet, Mayor of Easttown. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series, Brian Cox Succession. Billy Crudup, The Morning Show, Karen Culkin Succession. Lee Jung Jae, Squid Game. I'd like to see Lee Jung Jae uh, pick up the win for that, and Jeremy Strong for Succession, because Succession wins every every year, and it's going to be a while until we see the next season of Squid Game. So, you know, give the Squid Game. <laughs> Outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series: Jennifer Aniston, Morning Show; Jung Ho Yun, who uh, love her, and actually one of her first acting roles. Can you believe she's nominated for a SAG Award? Um, Jung Ho-yun, Ho-yun, because they always at, pronounce, you actually have to say the last name first in Korean. That's the proper way to say it. So it's actually Ho-yun Jung. Um, she's a model and uh, worked as a model in South Korea and New York City. Um, really, really nice. I'm so happy got to meet her. But she actually is fairly fluent in English, whereas... Mm-hmm. A lot of the other casts of Squid Game are not very fluent at all in English. So uh, just a little trivia for you guys to know. But uh, it's actually her first acting role ever. And she's nominated for a SAG Award. It's crazy. All right. Elizabeth Moss uh, for The Handmaid's Tale. Sarah Snook, Succession. Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, Morning Show. Male actor comedy series. Michael Douglas, Kaminsky Method. Brett Goldstein, Ted Lasso. Steve Martin, Only Murders in the Building, as, as well as Martin Short, his co-star, Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis. Ted Lasso. I say give it to one of the legends this time, you know? Steve Martin, Martin Short, they're in this very successful show. Jason Sudeikis is a young guy. He has plenty of time. Give it to one of the legends. Let's recognize Murders in the Building, you know? I like that. Have you seen it? Anna B loves the show. Yeah. I, I've heard it's really good. I've been wanting to. I don't have Hulu, so I have to um, borrow someone's password. I got to borrow someone's password to see it. <laughs> I've been excited to see it. I've been excited. I've been wanting to see it. Yeah. yeah. 
Outstanding uh, performance by a female actor in a comedy series, Elle Fanning, The Great, Sandra Oh, The Chair, Jean Smart Hacks, Juno Temple, Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham in Ted Lasso. Ensemble and drama series includes The Handmaid's Tale cast, The Morning Show cast, Squid Game cast, Succession cast, and Yellowstone finally getting recognized, General Zod. Um, after not you know, being recognized for the first um, four seasons. Um, all right. Um, ensemble in a comedy series, The Great, Hacks, Kaminsky Method, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and Stunt Ensemble in a TV series, Cobra Kai, Falcon <laughs> and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Mayor of Easttown, and Squid Game. Wow. Interesting. Um, didn't see Cobra Kai in the comedy series category. Oh, well. The Emmys loved it, but SAG Awards, I guess, didn't make the cut. Um, but a really big omission was Kristen Stewart for her portrayal as uh, Princess Diana in the movie Spencer. Um, and a lot of people were surprised that Bradley Cooper was uh, nominated for his role in Licorice Pizza. So that was one of the bigger um, surprises and snubs from the SAG Awards. Um, because, I mean, you know, Kristen Stewart is an American actress portraying a British royalty, and you know, apparently she did a phenomenal job, and it's something that not many people can uh, do properly. I mean, if you think about it, I've said on the show before, how many American actors are per- portraying British in TV and film? How only, many? Only two other come to mind. Peter Dinklage. Are they still all of our, do- our, our, our jobs? They still all our jobs, yeah. Peter yes. Dinklage and John Lithgow are the only two that come to mind. If you think of anyone else, let me know. I can't think of anyone. Well, Kevin Costner tried to with Robin Hood a long oh. time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they they, they swayed away from that. And yeah. Kevin Costner's doing a lot better in uh in Yellowstone, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's All like right. that's the only time I ever remember like an American like really, really failing badly at Brian uh, Adams. Brian Adams to do a song for that movie. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did do a movie. Yeah. All right. Number four, guys. COVID in Hollywood. So COVID, the Omicron variant, is uh, canceling or postponing some major events. In fact, the um, Scream premiere uh, did not occur on January 11th. Uh, that was originally scheduled uh, for that date. And, of course, that uh, did not happen. Um. I don't know. I'm guessing they're going to have a private screening, but the big premiere that they had planned is not happening. And I'm sad to say Sundance Film Festival will not be happening in person. I actually intended on going every year that we can for click on the show. Um, and instead, it will be completely virtual. Uh, it was intended to be a hybrid virtual in-person uh, film festival, but thanks to the Omicron variant, they weren't taking a chance, guys. Also, the Grammy Awards postponed due to coronavirus-related concerns. Supposed to take place at the end of January, on January 31st, at the Crypto.com Arena. Interesting name, because it used to be the Staples Center, and now it's the Crypto.com Arena. You know, crazy. We have an entire stadium named after crypto. It's crazy, but nonetheless... That's why I hate when they name um, stadiums off of companies. Yeah. But we're not, we're not, the can, the Grammys are not going to cancel. They're not going online. They just want to push it forward to a date to be determined, to be determined. And uh, Omicron is actually uh, 
suspended production on Chicago Fire, and uh, late show host James Corden, and co-anchor of NBC's Today, Savannah Guthrie, had both recently tested positive for COVID. So be safe out there, guys. Um, all right. Um, number three. Wow. Jesus. It's done. Cancel culture. Um, so we talked a lot about Chris Noth. We don't have to bring him up. He's been canceled because he's been accused of sexual assault by women. And of course, they edited the finale episode of Just Like That. Now they're doing the same for some episodes of Impractical Jokers um, star Joe Gatto. And I'm sure they're, the plot is still thickening for this as far as what happened. But So at first, Joe Gatto... Um, Step decided to step away from the upcoming season of Impractical Jokers, and this is a show that he's done with his three other childhood best friends. It's a great show. I think it's been on for like ten seasons or more. Ten seasons already, right? And apparently, he cited personal reasons for his exit that he was splitting from his wife. But uh, now there's a little more that I'm trying to, you know, because now. Season four is missing episodes nine and 24 and season seven is missing episode 12 and season eight is missing episodes 16 and 25. So those episodes were removed from true TV. um, Yeah. And HBO max. So um, apparently he said it was a mutual split from his wife of eight years, Bessie and a part of his reason for just to step away to be an effective parent for their two children. But now... For how many years was it? Eight years that they were together. Okay, so so they got married when he was already on the show. Married when he was already on the show, yep. Okay. And um, apparently, those episodes apparently feature Joe Gatto in compromising situations such as kissing strangers, massaging others while on the side of the massage chair as part of the pranks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know we're it's at a different time, and you know you got to keep your it's not, safe it's, distance. No, but, it, it, um, it's a prank show. It's as dumb. Like they um, give each other challenges, and and the people who are in on the um, I mean, the people who are in on the pranks or whatever, they have to sign off to be on TV. So like right. nobody's on TV that doesn't want to be on it. Right. Uh, so that's the entire reason. There's nothing else like at all. To remove the shows? Yeah. I don't know. Like Nothing else has come out so far. Like, I don't know if he's accused of <laughs> sexual harassment or something. Or, like, I, I'd be surprised if they took off those episodes just for him because he's having problems with his wife. I don't see the network doing that. Yeah, but, that, seems, that seems so, like, counterproductive to me. Yeah. Like, the network would do that. That's... That's yeah. why I'm thinking there has to be more to this story. That they, yeah, I'm that thinking that, too. The light. Yeah, because that seems so frivolous otherwise, you know, right. where it's like giving massages on a prank show. That's part of like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he's I mean, I thought the show was hilarious. I, I haven't watched every season, but I, I especially watched the early seasons. And he was the one on the show that would. He, Is he, he like the big guy with the beard? No, 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 no. He's like the. Um, he's the gray, the silver fox guy. Oh, he okay. He's all gray hair. Yeah. Yeah, but he's the guy that would do most of the pranks. Like whatever you told him to do, he would usually was the one that would would win the challenges. 
He was like one of the best ones on the show. And you know, and they're a childhood friend, so I don't see how they could keep doing the show without him. Um, I mean, I would think they should just end it if he can't be. I don't know if they should end it, man, because it's it's still three childhood best friends, but I don't think they should recast them. Well, I I thought I heard they're bringing in some new person or whatever. I don't think they should do that. I don't think so either. I think it's a brilliant show, man. Nonetheless, um, but it'd be hard to do the show in, like with three people because usually they they do challenges in pairs a lot of times, and right. I don't know. I think it'd be harder to do with only three people. Yeah. Um. Wow. Uh. Number number two. I guess some of the numbering was off, but nonetheless, I think we'll we'll combine number one with the two giant things. Number right. two. I'm, I we haven't talked about it in a while. But uh, um, there have been a lot of releases in the company, um, a lot by talent not wanting to continue with the company and some uh, against their own will and just getting released. Um, Tony Storm was actually one of the biggest shocks because she had a, a few with uh, Charlotte Flair was 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 a fixture on SmackDown. She was challenging for the SmackDown Women's title. But uh, apparently she actually, after her... Um, they were actually had a live event in DC and she faced Sasha Banks and, and Charlotte Flair in a triple threat. And that was her final match with the company. So she decided just to take her bags and, and go home. And apparently it wasn't really disclosed as to why she was upset with the company, but she asked for her release. You know, I, I just, uh, I think it's really, really shocking that it, it's, uh, but apparently all that I'm reading is that she was really burnt out. I mean, it is a rigorous schedule, but, Nonetheless, I mean, and then of course we lost two of the um, NXT um, stars in Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano. Kyle O'Reilly already found a home in AEW. Johnny Gargano. Saying, of course, like, like, like we all like we all knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> of course, everybody, everybody knows about this. There's only Dude. two places to work. Yeah. That would be in AEW right now. So, uh, and Johnny Gargano, I mean. He's going to be a dad soon, so um, he said he's not writing off returning to WWE right now, but if he jumps to AEW and goes where all his friends left ship, then we'll have to see what happens there, but uh, this is really sad because these are talents that actually did not want to be let go. (laughs) The Road Dog uh, and uh, Jesse James and William Regal um, worked a lot behind the scenes, but William Regal was the general manager of NXT. So his character is done. Samoa Joe was actually released back last year, rehired by Triple H and then released again. So it's just really, really shocking that they just decided to to release him. He didn't really caught on there, did he? I don't know. It's a shame because Samoa Joe, he never got a uh, WWE or Universal Championship run. Um, He had the U.S. title, I believe, but... Um, yeah, well, he was in the main event for a little bit, but just never really got up to that next level, man, you know? Um, uh, as far as a, a fixture on the main roster, they put him back on NXT. And, you know, that was pretty much it for Samojo. So kind of sucks. He's an incredible talent. Um, and it doesn't end there, guys. In addition to Samojo and Road Dog, <coughs> some backstage people like Ranjan Singh, <clears throat> but also um, Timothy Thatcher and Danny Birch of NXT. And uh, yeah, I mean, those are just some of the bigger names. And we, of course, we've already talked about Jeff Hardy. 
being fired for supposedly being intoxicated in the ring. That's a no-no. Yeah, I think, I but, think this, news, this new bit has given you COVID. <coughs> yeah, I'm coughing. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> That's not a good thing. All right, so um, <clears throat> can't rank two amazing Hollywood legends and give them one or two, right? So, again, some of the yeah. number went off. But for number one, we've lost two amazing, amazing icons in Hollywood. One was about to approach her 100th birthday, but sadly didn't make it. The other had many, many years left and was a very big shock to all of us. So let's start with him. That's Bob Saget, guys, stand-up comedian, actor, Known for his role as Danny Tanner on Full House. If you heard the opening promo, you do know yeah. Jody Sweeten played one of his daughters on Full House. So, um, um, yeah, so he was found at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Orlando, Florida, right after he performed a stand-up show. He just, like, posted on social media. He was so happy to be back doing stand-up. He was addicted to stand-up. And um, his wife apparently was worried that he didn't get on his plane back to Los Angeles. And apparently police officers responded uh, after they, you know, they they saw that he was unconscious in his hotel room. Um, He was in his bed. Uh, Apparently no foul play. Um, But apparently early, early um, guesses. I guess to the cause of death um, was a stroke or a heart attack. That's that. That's the operating theory right now. Although the official cause of death won't be known for ten to twelve weeks, he had just gotten over COVID, um, and people uh, close to him say he seemed fine um, the days before he died. So I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it could have been related to COVID. I, I don't know, but. Uh, Tachi, you had the pleasure to meet. I've never met Bob Saget. I haven't met a lot of celebrities, but I've never met Bob. Yeah, he's super say? nice. He's a super nice guy. And when I met him, and like he was, you know, taking pictures with the fans, and he just kind of sat around and um, waited for you know everybody who wanted a picture with him got one. So just a real like nice and humble guy, you know, just like how you would hope he would have been just by watching him on Full House and uh, Fuller House, um, you know, and like his. His stand-up was really raunchy for people who never saw stand-up. I, mean, I know he was great on the um, roast uh, Bob Saget years ago on Comedy Central. But yeah, just somebody you thought was, you know, going to be around for a lot longer. So him passing away at such a young age, you know, just was super sad. Yeah, there's a um, really, really sad uh, monologue that Jimmy Kimmel did because he was very close to Bob Saget and. He said that he had to take do that take like multiple times because he just kept crying during it. Oh. Um, um, yeah, and 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 if you if you've seen the uh, Bob Saget stand up, it's not for the faint of heart. He does some no, really, no, no. very crazy. You should stuff. also see uh, if you if you get the chance, you should see this uh, documentary called The Aristocrats. Have you ever yes. seen it? Yes. And he yes. is awesome in that. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I just listened to that again um, after he passed away. Um, I mean, if you're the kind of person that gets offended by anything whatsoever, do not watch that 
<laughs> documentary. <laughs> because basically the aristocrats is where comedians try to outdo each other by just doing the most offensive um, stand-up <laughs> act they can think of. Right. Yeah. The filthiest joke in, in history. That's what they call that. The aristocrats. Yeah, and basically yeah. all it really is is that they make you sit through all this horrible shit for like a a, a dumb punchline. Yeah. <laughs> the aristocrats. Yeah, that means there was nothing. Yeah. So it's like I remember that. I gotta rewatch yeah. it because I remember thinking it was really funny. Um I mean, it's like, it's yeah, like a, man. It's like a roast on steroids where they yeah. say everything they can think of that it could be it could offend anybody john stamos uh said that he's broken he's gutted i'm complete utter shock i will never have another friend like him i love you so much bobby um those guys were really really close to each other and um wow just shy of her 100th birthday and it's interesting because we talked about betty white chachi when i asked who would be your dream guest on our 2021 uh christmas show our final christmas show of the year you said Betty White would be your dream guest. Um, I did say that. Oh, I, f- I forgot about that. Wow. Yes. I wanted yeah. to point that out. And sadly, um, yeah, Betty, that's so sad that she's not going to celebrate her 100th birthday because they had such a big plan for her birthday, which I believe was going to occur uh, next week. And um, yeah, January 17th. Yeah, it's uh, really, I was in the grocery store the other day and I guess the yeah. the cover of People magazine, yeah. I think has like is talking about betty white's 100th birthday and it was clear that was published before she died yeah yeah. and um it's it was really weird to say really yeah i got like a text on um new year's eve and it was a screenshot like a tmz screenshot of um, betty white dying somebody sent to me and you know and when I, I guess I that, I'm like, okay, well, this is this is a hoax, you know, because I'm like, you know, the last day of a, of the shitty year, you know, like Betty White dies, doesn't, you know, 2020, 2021 takes one more um, person on this way out, you know, and and I googled it, and sure enough, it was real. I couldn't believe it because like just a few days beforehand, I heard like, an interview with Betty White, and she said that she was in great health and she's ready for her hundredth birthday. I think it was a week before she passed away. Right. And like I know, like these movie theaters in the area were doing like um, they had a hundredth um, birthday um, celebration special that you could go to the movies and see on her birthday. Um, super sad. I mean, I was really hoping. I'm like, you know, it could have been a really nice thing for somebody who, you know, pretty much everybody agrees is just a, was a great person, and you know, we could have had a big, you know, hundredth birthday celebration, you know, for her with her being alive um so it was just really sad with her passing away and like she was know, the last like, surviving golden girl and now there's yeah. no more golden girls yeah last surviving golden girls and then like in the show always had a special place in my heart because you know i would always watch that show with my grandfather you know and he passed away um last month um we'd watch golden girls together and laugh and especially laugh oh, with, uh, a lot of the things that betty white would do on the show um you know along with the other um cast you know and i remember you know, remember him saying like, "Oh yeah, she's the last one left." You know, going to be a hundred and stuff like that. You know, so when she when she passed away, it was kind of sad because it kind of brought up a lot of um, memories of me watching that with my grandfather. But um, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me, it's still one of the funniest shows, the funniest sitcoms ever on TV, and which is saying something where you can watch a show, a comedy from the '80s, and it still will crack you up because a lot of times you watch a comedy from different decades you know and the humor doesn't translate to um, right. modern days you know yeah but, i mean you watch something like the honeymooners i think that, that holds up 
um, something like the um, Golden Girls, you know, you can still watch it today. Because good comedy is, is, I think, timeless, you know. And like, yeah. And they covered a lot of great, um, you know, topics on that show, too, that were, like, kind of um, controversial at the time, like, like like gay relationships and everything. Back then, they still cover that. Blanche was a little horn dog, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, and and, <laughs> and Blanche like the the original role that um Betty White went for was the role of Blanche on the I show. I didn't know that. Yeah, but okay. she but that character was was more like the character that she played on the Mary Tower Moore show. So they wanted her to like play a completely different character, not like kind of like the sex craze type of character. They wanted her to be more <laughs> innocent and stuff. Which right. you know, so they had her try out for um, Rose, and I and I think she definitely nailed it. You know, just her like being naive and like you know telling those um saying all stories. I think were just um, legendary. And yeah, and, yeah, she was still acting up until like recent, right? She was, yeah, yeah, she really was, and the, that's the thing. I mean, remember the movie The Proposal that she did with Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds oh, yeah, actually yeah. said on Twitter. The world looks different now. She was a great at defying expectations. She managed to grow very old and somehow not old enough. We'll miss right. you, Betty. Now you know the secret. And it's interesting because we're like shocked and saddened. But at 99, you know, that that's that's a, a milestone age that a lot of people don't, you know, sadly don't reach. Well, somebody uh, said that somebody said it really it really talks about the kind of person where. Yes, if exactly. You, if you live to be 99 and, and die that and people say too soon too soon that that's really showing what a great person that you exactly. are exactly you know? that is exactly so the thing really a testament to her I, I never heard anything bad ever about her you know oh, just absolutely her work, not yeah just the work that she had done over the years um you know with animals and trying to um defend and protect animals and dogs and stuff like that like, she's a huge animal person and um even like one of her shows early on i forget what show that she was on that she did but she had um some talented um, African American actor on in the networks. The network didn't want her to, to feature him because I guess like some people um, like they were back, racist and didn't want to see a black person. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and she stood her ground. She said like, well, he's staying on the show, you know. So I don't care what you, you say or whatever. She basically said, and I think the show got canceled, but she stood her ground. And then and then that that's uh, amazing. I love hearing that. I wish I knew what the actor's name was offhand, but he went on. Right. Like, he was like, entertainer he went on and like started some other show and did very well but you know basically pretty much got the exposure from betty white there at, at a time where most people wouldn't have done that so yeah. um yeah but yeah, I, I know people are still going to celebrate her um 100th birthday and ironically ironically enough even bob saget gave a great tribute um to betty white um right after she passed you know saying that he remembers the time when they were um joking like they were on a, on a, a plane and then like uh, bob sackett was asking her if he wanted to join the mile high club and then <laughs> she pretty much told him to like well, well go in the bathroom first and wait for me i'll be in there in a minute or something like that and he said um he choked and said he waited like two hours and she never came in <laughs> but yeah but it's kind of weird bob sackett was always the first person to always do a nice tribute to somebody that he knew that passed away like i know he said a lot of great things about norm mcdonald when, when he passed last year you know and then you know now with betty white so it was just you know kind of ironic that you know, he passed away um so shortly after that and having all these people say good stuff about him yeah they're so like two the two great comedians too like 
from everything I heard, just really nice people. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you're lucky and they, and they, that Bob. And they both like really transcended their work because, um, you know, both of them. I mean, yeah, Full House and the Golden Girls are two like you know they'll be they're they're two sitcoms that people will remember forever. And Betty White actually, you know, was also on Mary Tyler Moore and. What else did she do? She, um, at least in TV, like, um, hot in Cleveland was one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and she was on mama's family for like a year, I think, or something. Oh, like that's that. right. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> and, and like, um, mama's family. but yeah, I mean, both of them, but both of them, they're, they're like, they had these like outsized personalities that, you know, totally transcended the work they did. Like people, even people who've never seen the Golden Girls know exactly who she is. The same way that people oh, yeah. had never yeah. seen Full House. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a comedy fan, you would know who Bob Saget is. Right. Yes. And, and another thing is that they touch the hearts of different generations, not just the generation that watch their shows, but also the younger generation as well. I mean, I you know, seeing younger people post about how much they love Betty White and how much they love Bob Saget. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's really cool to see that. Yeah, well. yeah, like Full House, um, Golden Girls, I, I think, you know, are still highly popular um, with people, you know, and yeah. reruns. Um, and you I got Fuller that, House, don't forget Fuller House on Netflix. Yeah. Which yeah. got new I personally think that Golden eventually. Girls holds up in comedy like, way better than Full House does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fuller House was very 90s. Yeah, Fuller House, let's just say, wasn't as funny as Full yeah. House or some of the other uh, sitcoms of its days but uh but yeah let's just go ahead and wrap it up guys we have some additional uh rest in peace uh shout outs which includes uh sydney portier oh yeah uh, legend well yeah i mean he's legend. a pretty big deal yeah sydney yes. portier, portier is a pretty big deal too for passing away yeah he passed away at the age of 94 yeah um and uh the first african-american to receive an oscar award mm-hmm. so he was definitely a trailblazer. He was the first man, right? African American yeah. man, right? Because um, yeah, first African American. Hattie, Mc, Hattie McDaniel was the first to receive one. Yes. We're going with the win, yeah. Exactly. Uh, we've also <clears throat> lost um, Peter Bogdanovich from the Last Picture Show and Paper Moon, one of the most important filmmakers of Hollywood in the seventies. Also. Um, Dwayne Bernard Hickman, actor, producer, television director of the 60s sitcom The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Dick Carson, the brother of Johnny Carson, TV director, worked on Tonight Show. Um, he passed away at the age of 92. Uh, Joan Copeland, who graced the stage and screen for Broadway and soaps, passed away on January 4th, the age of 99, same age as Betty White. Um, Kim Mee-soo, Korean actor who had a supporting role in the Disney Plus series Snowdrop, only 29 wow Wow. Uh, Tiffany Hale, I wasn't familiar with her Chachi, she was a cast member of Disney Channel's all new Mickey Mouse Club uh, passed away at the age of 25 from cardiac arrest cardiac arrest at 45? That's unheard of. 45 or 25? 45. Well, sorry, 46. She died at the age of 46, sorry. Um, Wow, that's very young to have a heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, um, 
like, as a kid, I actually had a big crush on her. Like I still watched the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, Mickey Mouse Club, um, for people who didn't know, like they brought back the Mickey Mouse Club. It was originally, I think, in the 50s or 60s or whatever, in black and white. Right. But they brought it back, and it was very successful with launching the careers of a lot of artists and people that you know now. Like like Britney Spears got her start on there. Christina Aguilera, um, JC from In um, Sync. Um, didn't Justin uh, Timberlake start there too? Start Justin there Timberlake. Too? Yep. Like um, so a lot of a lot of um. You know, famous musicians got their starts on Mickey Mouse Club. Um, it was kind of like a comedy show, but they would sing and dance and stuff on there too. And Tiffany Hale is one of the ones. Um, she started a group with some of the other um, cast members, um, like I think like four other cast members. And started a group called The Party, which was like in the '90s, this um, kind of <laughs> pop group, and um, did, did fairly well. I mean, not not a bunch of number ones or nothing like that, but they um, even did an episode of Blossom where they performed on there um, because the episode where Blossom went to Disney World and they performed. But I had a crush on on her, and like my cousin and I went to um, see the party. We were in Virginia Beach one time. They happened to be in town doing an appearance, so we went there. Nice. Um, when we were super young, and I remember like I got to meet them. So it was like one of the first like so-called celebrities that I got to meet. First celebrity encounters like, of thousands. Yeah, yeah, and I remember like, um, I had the biggest crush on her. And I remember giving her my phone number, which was actually would have been my cousin's phone number at the time because I was <laughs> staying there for a week. And she sadly never called. She must have like um, lost the number um, on the way to to call me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Sure. I'm she sure. lost the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's not think she didn't want to call. You. She lost the number, right? Right. right. <laughs> but I heard, I heard like I, so like um, she went on to host a couple seasons of Mickey Mouse Club. Like her and this guy Chase were kind of like the um, host of the show um after the party um broke up but then like she kind of fell off the face of the entertainment earth um after that and i've always heard rumors that, that she was either either had some kind of like uh, mental issues or like drug problems or whatever and she never did an appearance and the party actually got back together um a few years back and um had a reunion tour did some different clubs or whatever but she wasn't a part of it and they always was to say like, oh, she just wants to stay out of the spotlight now, and people to respect her privacy or whatever. So I always assumed something was happening, you know. And her having a heart attack at such a young age, you know, maybe she wasn't in the drugs. I can't say, but um, definitely very sad. Well, rest in peace, Tiffany Hale. Yeah. Also, NFL legend John Madden, yeah. the Oakland Raiders to so Super Bowl. Also, a renowned broadcaster and voiced the popular Madden NFL games. Uh, had passed away. Of course, we're announcing some names that passed away while we're off the air. And uh, Jean-Marc Vallée, director of the Oscar-winning Dallas Buyers Club, Big Little Lies, Sharp Objects, died unexpectedly at the age of 58 in Quebec City over Christmas weekend. Wow, Jesus. And uh, Matilda the Hun, formerly of Glow Wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, also, sadly, had passed away as well. One of the main villains uh, of the um, show. One of the main villains, yes. Um I don't know if she had a cameo in the TV show. I don't think she did. But, most of uh, them didn't. No. Most of them did not, right? I missed that TV show. I wish they would bring it back. <sighs> I know. That was a great show. They canceled really the stuff that show. people want to watch. Yeah. God damn it. But we got to celebrate life, guys. Um, first of all, Megan Fox and MGK engaged. Oh, no. And it's yeah. only two years after she split, uh, Megan Fox split from Brian Austin Green. And Chachi, you just sent me this, a surprise announcement on social media. Jason Momoa, Aquaman himself, 
Uh, and um, Lisa Bonet have announced they're getting divorced. Yeah. Oh. Wow, this is actually very surprising news. Yeah, Bee's eyes has perked up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Sudden Stars, the the real Sudden Stars is now available. <laughs> yeah. Back back on the market. Um, surprising because he was very much very much in love with Lisa Bonet, so I'm I'm not yeah. sure what happened there. Um, they together for a long time, weren't they? Yeah, they. He said that they're parting ways. Uh, let's see his official Instagram. Um, so we share our family news that we are parting ways in marriage. We share this not because we think it's newsworthy, uh, but so that as we go about our lives, we may do so with dignity, dignity and honesty. Love between us carries on evolving in ways it wishes to be known and lived. We free each other to be who we are learning to become. Our devotion unwavering to the sacred life in our children, teaching our children what's possible. Living the prayer, may love prevail. I see, I always respected people like that who were together, and then one of them like gets to be like real famous, and they still stay together. You know, like um, right? Because she hasn't probably did much since the Cosby Show, I don't think. Right. You know, not, not to that level. And then he became a huge star, and they stayed together. And it's kind of like with Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green, where yeah, Megan Fox wasn't really known, and then she kind of. Definitely outshadowed Brian Austin Green for a long time. Oh yeah, the that. And it, and they're together for a yeah. long time, but you know, but then they got divorced too. But yeah, yep. Of course, uh, we also have to celebrate life for those. Uh, another uh, trip around the sun. Kirstie Alley is seventy-one. Wow. Uh, one of our um, people that we love the pattern below the belt show after Howard Stern, sixty-eight. Happy birthday, Howard. Sixty-eight. Wow. Yeah. Actor Oliver Platt at 62. Um, film director and um, musician Rob Zombie, 57. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, Sport, right. Sporty Spice of Spice Girls, 48. Wow, she's getting up there too. It's really? 48. Um, Issa Rae from Insecure is 37. Zane from One Direction is 29. And. That's birthdays today. I don't know the other names. So um, <laughs> it's been an incredible show from top to bottom. We'd like to thank, of course, our guest, Owen Morgan, for joining us from Cobra Kai. And, of course, uh, thank the amazing panel, um, starting with the King of the 80s, Chacha McFly. Yeah. Mike the General Zod. The Persian Prince of pop, pop, pop culture. Yeah. Anna, yes, the Prince of Persia. Anna B, cosplayer extraordinaire. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Al Celebrity Soto. What can I say, guys? We will see you guys next week for another great show. More that Cobra Kai. More. All right. So on behalf of everybody here, we will see you guys next week. Until then, for more. Oh, by the way, more Cobra Kai actors next week. We got Mitch and Chris. Penis breath. Oh, penis nice. breath. Yeah, yes. penis breath next week on Blue Vault Show. AKA ass face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. All right. Peace. 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 Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.